Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Things. And we're back. Episode 81, man. Yeah. All right. Let's get right into it. Um, we're about to hit 10,000, too. Yeah. Right. Let's not let's not brag on that until we get there. <laughs> you know, be probably in two days. But <laughs> anyways, <laughs> no, nah, man. Um, recently, there was the Saddle Ridge Fire near Los Angeles. And uh, it's, it's kind of like it, it's kind of fucked up the way it went down. But I just kind of want to big myself up and uh, just just I don't really talk much about me truck driving, mm-hmm. even though this is called a Trucker's Mind podcast. Yeah. But I'm about to I'm about to let you all in on the secret right now. <laughs> um, I just want to show you how great I am. All right. Now, <laughs> what had happened is on Thursday, I, I took a load from San Diego and I was bringing it back to Bakersfield and um, I was headed back on I-5 and all of a sudden in the distance i seen uh, a big like just like a big hill over to the right that was on fire and then mind you i'm hauling back 70 100 gallons of fuel so i'm just like hmm hope they get that under control and then all of a sudden it was dead stop traffic i'm talking about you see he- you see tail lights for miles i'm just like fuck i am not getting out of here uh so what ended up happening is I was moving a couple inches every other 45 minutes. It was fucked up. And then I, I got some information. They said that they're going to block this off. Highway 14 was blocked off. Highway 5 was blocked off. So I'm like, yo, that means I can't go home. Like, I have to figure out something. Mind you, I don't have a sleeper cab. I have a day cab. So that means I can't sleep in the truck. Um, so what I had to do was improvise. Mind you, I, I have obstacles in my way because... By the time I make it to the off ramp to where they detour us back, my phone's not charging. You know, I have a defective charger. So I'm like, fuck, I need my phone. So what I ended up doing, it was going back the other way for about four miles. And being as I couldn't use GPS or anything, I had to just trust my intuition and find a ramp that was had a wide enough street for me to go on so I could find a store to get a fucking uh, uh, get a charger. Mind you, it's like. At the time, it's about 10, 11 p.m., something like that. So shit's starting to close down. So I end up finding a place, getting a charger, and I have to find a route to get out of Los Angeles because there is no truck parking at hotels, and I'm doing something extremely illegal, right? To make a long story short, my work day was 22 fucking hours, 22 hours. I hear a lot of people complain like, man, I worked nine hours today, man. I don't like working there. I worked overtime. You you and your puny schedule could go some, somewhere and sit down, okay? <laughs> 22 fucking hours, and that's extremely illegal, but I, I didn't have any choice. I had to get out of Los Angeles because I had nowhere else to go. I, it was like hell. I was literally trapped in Los Angeles, and I couldn't get out. <laughs> but I ended up finding a canyon. I had to take a canyon. And uh, it was extremely dangerous. There was other trucks coming on. And imagine going down a canyon that's really steep and you got seven, eight hundred gallons of fucking fuel and you only have about a foot of clearance on your right side. And there are no um, there's no like uh, rails on the side and, and it's steep and you got trucks coming up at you and you're going down at them. And it was probably the most dangerous road I've ever been on in my life. So I make it through that. And then uh, I pull over the side of the road, take about a 17-minute nap because sleep is about sleep zones. You sleep too long, you're going to be fucked up. 
So I slept for a little bit in my seat, and then I hopped back on the road and came back to Bakersfield. But that fire was fucked up. Anybody that's seen it, it was bad. Like, it was, like, on a level 10. But, yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a brief story about how great I am. Um, <laughs> besides, that, besides that, um, they today, supposedly, they contain most of the fire. So mm-hmm. hopefully everyone's okay. Yeah. I think um, – I hope so, too. Shoot. There's a lot of fire out there. Yeah, there was – a lot of people were losing their homes and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, some people were evacuated. They barely were able to come back. I, I literally watched the fire spread. Like usually, you would think, "Oh, it'll take five hours for a fire to spread." I watched a fire spread a couple hundred feet within a matter of it felt like an hour or mm-hmm. less, mm-hmm. and it was very windy. So that's worse. So that that's making the fire really fucking spread. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, if we needed rain at any time, it was now. Yeah, yeah, that that did not happen. Or some pussy juice. Yeah, get some of that good old fashioned pussy juice on that fire. <laughs> put that thing right out. Yeah, they're like, we need you, ladies. We need you come out and put this fire out. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, bunch of feminists show up. What'd you say? We can have. Um, <laughs> we can brand our if we, if we sell, uh, you know, merchandise and stuff like that. We can have like water bottles, and then that'll just be uh, like pussy juice. We that. could never sell that, dude. That mug will sell, bro. We would get shut down, that bro. Mug will sell. I'm we would, I would have feminists at my front door, like knocking, like yeah, pissed off. Like, it, look, this is just like this is just pure comedy relief. We're 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 really not pussy connoisseurs. Okay, we're just two guys cracking jokes about pussy juice. Okay. Yeah, I'm selling pussy juice water bottles. (laughs) (laughs) I just wonder, like, how the women listeners make it through this whole podcast. Like, I just wonder. You know, first of all, that's my mistake because I'm making an assumption that women listening to this podcast are, like, politically correct about everything. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a generalization. But it's like, in the real world, people can actually take a joke. Yeah, I just think that we're getting we're getting like a whole face full of politically correct people on social media, and that's not really a true reflection of the world. Yeah, and you got to take the good with the bad, like, right? You know, sometimes we'll give you some knowledge. Sometimes yeah. we'll talk about pussy juice. Yeah, sometimes we give you knowledge. Sometimes we give you some punani. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, All PJ, right. I'm gonna start calling it PJ. Yeah, call it PJ, so you won't get shut down. <laughs> There's going to be somebody that's like, you know what? I listened to like four minutes of your podcast and you just repetitively talked about pussy juice. And I'm just so disgusted by you guys. Yeah. Me like, and Eddie use this acronym called uh, called MP. And uh, we'll probably never reveal what it is on the podcast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they know, but I, you know, I don't think they, I don't think they know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how well they would take that joke. <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked about it before on the podcast, but you we know never what? Said what it was. Yeah, no, I've I've said it verbally before, but you I said never it, said but not yeah said what the acronym. You never was. said what the acronym was, but yeah. MP. If you guys could figure it out, then just uh, send me an inbox. <laughs> Anyone listening here, if you know what MP means. Then send us, send Keith or me an inbox, and you know you might get a prize. You can figure out what the MP means. The first, the trucker's mind shirt. Yeah, you you'll be the first one to get merchandise for free if you could figure out what MP is. Yeah. All right, and if you get it right, then I have no choice but to to uh, buy your merch and send it directly to you. And send you a box of MP. Yeah, uh, <laughs> switching gears. Uh, <laughs> switching pussies. <laughs> 
right. All right. Uh, it's an unfortunate topic, but there is a, a rise in STDs globally. We're talking about gonorrhea, syphilis. What's the other one? Gonorrhea, syphilis, and chlamydia. Yeah. Bro, um, I, there's a simple solution to these things. I, I've came up to a conclu- I came to a conclusion that there are a couple different things that can prevent you from getting STDs. One is a monogamous sexual relationship, meaning even either if you're in a relationship, don't cheat on your partner, you know, or if you're having a sexual relationship, just fuck one person. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That's one. That's just one. Another one is masturbation. Right. A lot of people say like they feel like losers, like because they're, you know, they're playing with themselves or whatever. But it's natural. OK, if, if I'm not saying if you need to sit there and beat your meat all day or ladies, you don't need to play with your pussy all night. All I'm saying is, is that <laughs> if you are sexually frustrated, you could please yourself. And that's completely normal. I mean, everyone does it or has done it before. If you have not touched yourself in any way, then I question you just in general, especially ladies. You need to learn how to how to touch yourself because if you can't please yourself then what what the fuck can i do for you Mm -hmm. you're gonna rely on me to please you so uh, more more masturbation i'm not saying you got to sit there playing with yourself and be late for work all i'm saying is (laughs) (laughs) just please yourself okay and another one another solution is fucking protection so between sexual monogamy masturbation and protection, you should never get an STD. You should never get one. And people say, well, like, that's not true because, you know, guys are dirty. And first of all, I know there's a whole bunch of pussies full of diseases out here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, <laughs> the, the STD <clears throat> thing is not a man thing. It's a people thing. People mm-hmm. are nasty. Yeah. You know. Or abstinence. Like, some of y'all need to keep your dick in your pants. Yeah, abstinence, I guess, but then it kind of falls back into the masturbation. Because if you're not, if you're just abstinent and you're not masturbating or anything, then aren't you going to just shrivel up and fucking die like that? <laughs> you gotta, yeah. you gotta bust some nuts, man. You, <laughs> you gotta bust some. You nuts. Gotta bust some nuts, man. You can't <laughs> just sit there. Like I, I think of some people that have been really angry. Like women that I've encountered have been very angry for no reason, or men that I've encountered have been angry, mm-hmm. and they're not coming, man. Yeah, there's no way they're coming. There's no way. That's it's probably a guy that hasn't came since the '80s, and it's probably Man. why he's so mad. Yeah, it's just nuts, just overloaded with just frustration. Mm-hmm. Nuts about to blow up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> about to explode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you right. The you know masturbation is technically abstinence. They um, it it is really sad. I think that people, it's. It's a it's an extremely easy solution, right? You know, to prevent these things. Yeah. But it seems like um, most people just don't have the. Uh, I get. I guess it's attached to emotional intelligence, right? You know what I mean. Like when it comes time to have a sexual experience, they just forget all the stuff that they learned in health right. class and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know all those. And a lot of people think that they can't catch an STD. Right. Or they can detect it just by looking at a girl. Like, yeah. oh, she looked clean, so I'm going you know, I'm to slide in that raw. Stupid. Nah, yo, this, what kind of logic is this? Yeah. And, you know, a girl could be extremely attractive and have an STD, and a girl could be extremely unattractive and be very clean. So, right. 
you might as well just protect yourself the whole time. Yeah. 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 I, I think people consider condom sex just less sex, but it's like they got some good condoms out here, man. They got some condoms so good that while you're having sex, you got to keep looking at your dick to make sure you got a condom on. Yeah. It's some condoms is hella thin. Yeah. And I'd be like, the only huh? time that I'm not wearing any sort of protection is if I'm trying to have a baby. Dang. Sneak. And I'm in a, like, you know, I'm married or something like that. That's real. Sneaky yeah. Keith out here trying to have babies, y'all. Hey. Let a nigga spread a seed one time. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be crazy. Like, all of a sudden, Keith having sex with some chicks. She looks down. She's like, oh my God, you're not wearing a condom? <laughs> Are you trying to get me pregnant? <laughs> yeah dude and the thing about it is is this these are topics people don't want to talk about but they definitely don't want to talk about catching stds that's not a conversation you want to have yeah so i think it's important man like and it was crazy is a lot of dudes consider it like an endearing thing when they're like i fucked her on this day then i fucked her on this day then i fucked her on friday Mm -hmm. man i got bitches you'd be thinking like bro why would you brag on having holes in your 30s like Mm-hmm. First of all, my sexual appetite ain't that great. Like, it's, I mean, obviously, sex is amazing. I, I, I love sex. But mm-hmm. the thing about it is, is I'm not the type of dude that needs to fuck four different chicks in a week. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't. I just that's not how I operate, man. Yeah. You know, I'm at work a lot, too. So it's only so much sex I could give you, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time, you know, at work. And then when I get off of work. You know, I'm sleep. Then I go to the gym, do that. And my, my week is pretty repetitive until the weekend. Mm-hmm. So you can get as much dick as you want on the weekends. And during the, <laughs> during, during the week, I can't fuck you more than two times a week. <laughs> that's all I got. That's all the dick that I can offer. Yeah, that's all the dick I can offer. Yeah. You know, um, but I, I don't have the time to be trying to fuck four different chicks in a week. That's just sexual. This is being sexually irresponsible. You're just throwing your dick around everywhere and acting like that's cool, but it's really not, man. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. and, the, and the, you got to realize these women, they're not just fucking you. You know, they, they probably got like an ex-boyfriend that's, that, that they're letting fuck here and there. Mm-hmm. They got a dude at their job that just fucked them. So you re- got to understand when you're fucking people and you don't know them exactly, like you're probably fucking more than one person. Yeah, they always, even, you know, in the first health classes you take, they say that you are, when you have sex with a person, you're having sex with every person that they've had sex with. Yeah. And you know, the, the, what the shocking thing is, is if you've really seen that chart of all the people they had sex with, it might lead up to some type of an, a zoo animal or some shit. It <laughs> might be a monkey in there somewhere. It looked like an evolution chart? Yeah, you might find a fucking manatee. you like, <laughs> what the fuck? Who fucked a manatee over on the way over here? A horse in there? Yeah, yeah, like a horse? Jesus. The horse was in the stable. Yeah, the horse is in that pussy. That's what he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I I just don't understand how people couldn't be more more careful. Yeah, it just doesn't. It really just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I think that uh, it's important before you try to dive into any sort of sexual experiences. You you have to be thinking straight. Yes, you know, and part of that is being sober when you're right. doing these things. I, you mentioned that early. I mean, when we talked on the phone about people being in the club and. You know what I mean? They take a girl home. They don't really have the, you know, any protection on them or anything like that. And then they just hitting anything. That's disgusting, man. Yeah. You know what? I think that's the that might be the catalyst for the disease is the alcohol. 
Because when you drink a bunch of alcohol, you're you you lower your your inhibitions. You're not thinking straight. You got beer goggles on, and you're fucking these chicks, and you don't have a condom on, and mm-hmm. and it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize that you're causing. You're gonna cause yourself. You might catch some shit that you can't get rid of. Mm-hmm. And I would say stay away from clubs. I don't fuck with clubs, and I'm not trying to take a woman home from the club at all. Yeah. Because if she fucked one guy in that club, she fucked everybody. Because mm-hmm. these these clubs are a cesspool for disease. Like, I thought about it. If I was to open up a club in Bakersfield, I would have a couple guidelines. One of them would be I would not allow young people to coexist with, with people in their 30s. I would have a club that was strictly, like, I would say 28 and up. Mm-hmm. So... I noticed the people that cause a lot of trouble are people that are like 25 and below. Mm-hmm. So I want to get like a, almost like a middle ground. I want to get late twenties and up. Mm-hmm. And also if you have a health scan, like let's say you went to go get checked, right? If you could br- bring in evidence that you are STD free, then I'll let you in the club for free. Yeah. So all you got to do is pay for drinks. Mm-hmm. So when people come to my club, if they want to fuck something, then they know they could go home with somebody that ain't got, a goddamn animal connected to their dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, man. This is ridiculous. Yeah, the thing, it's crazy too. Like even you know, the the reason why using protection is so important is because you don't know what your, even if you have some sort of like friend with benefits or something like right. that, you don't know what they're doing outside of when you guys meet up. Right. And a lot of, and a lot of you protecting yourself is your decision. Exactly. And you're making a decision for both of you. Exactly. Because if you didn't want to wear one, she would probably just be like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But she ain't going to tell you, oh, it's fine. Yeah, my boyfriend was in my pussy this morning. But it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. And her boyfriend was cheating on her. Right. It's, it's a whole like chain effect. So it's, it's important. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to be careful. See, here's the thing. People, I don't get why people don't look, like take these things in consideration. Whenever you're fucking a chick and you're not exclusive, that means she's single. So she's not going to turn somebody down if she yeah. wants to deal with them in any capacity. She's A lot of people don't have the moral compass to say, oh, I'm already fucking somebody right now. So yeah. I'm not, I don't want to fuck two people. <laughs> yeah. They're going to fuck somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they're either going to cut you off or keep fucking you because mm-hmm. there are more people on the roster. So now she doesn't have to worry about getting dick. Now she all she does is just look through her phone and be like, "Yeah, hit me up." Yeah, right. And here, here's the thing. This is the problem. I'm gonna get somebody saying, "Well, it doesn't matter. She could do what she want. Don't slut shame." Mm-hmm. I'm not slut shaming. All I'm saying is, you STD shaming. Yeah, I'm STD shaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dirty pussy. Yeah, yeah. Get your friendly pussy the fuck away. <laughs> you kind of friendly. You got a friendly ass pussy, man. Uh, well, you got a welcome mat on your pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know if you remember that song back in the day. Welcome back yeah. <laughs> to that same old place that we laughed about. But that's her pussy. Oh, funny. <laughs> yeah, man. You don't. You don't want that. Like yeah. my thing is, is I've had sex with chicks before that i i'm not saying that they were questionable whatever but i had to feel like yeah i don't think i'm the only one she's fucking yeah but what am i supposed to tell her Mm -hmm. like hey if i have sex with you then me me and you should only have sex together yeah because like first of all i would prefer to fuck a chick that's not fucking other people Mm -hmm. but that's just not how the world works. that's not how the world works Mm mm-hmm because we live in a world also where, you know, women like to plea, be pleased. Mm-hmm. And here's another problem, too. 
it's kind of our fault because a lot of times men don't be giving women good dick. So mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens is women go through four dudes and none of them fucked her right, and then they finally find a dude to fuck them right. Mm-hmm. So now they could deal with that one dude, you know, and you know, uh, but they had to go through four or five dudes to fuck before that. Yeah, trust me, I've heard stories. Okay, yeah. so this is real life stuff I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I've been accused of giving someone an STD before really yeah wow but i was like there's this is impossible like i've always used protection yeah and then i went to go get checked and then everything was fine of course and um for whatever reason like i don't know she blanked it, it was like a not a rumor but for whatever reason it was like a few people had uh thought that i gave her something. wow that's terrible yeah i and was like what the of all people you blame keith yeah. It's like, what about them gangbangers you was fucking? Yeah. <laughs> what about them gangbangers you was getting gangbanged by? <laughs> <laughs> they was hitting her from the back. Like, Nigga, this is Crip. <laughs> Sue Wu. This <laughs> is Crip walking in her pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. If you really knew the. the And what's funny is, is. um. I laugh when I, I, especially like you get an idea. I don't know. You kind of see the tendencies of people and you know, like what kind of realm they live in. Mm -hmm. Like uh, this one chick is like, I don't want to sleep with anyone. I don't want to deal with anyone. Like men are just disgusting and sex is just gross. I'm good. And I'm like, first of all, you're a fucking liar. Second of all, you have like two kids. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're fucking. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not saying you can't be abstinent. All I'm saying is, is like, stop trying to paint this picture of yourself when you know you love dick. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it it's it's fine. We're adults. We all have sex. Mm-hmm. We all do it. I just think that we should be more responsible mm-hmm. about how we go about it. Yeah, we're just way too irresponsible, man. There's some women that I wanted, and this is gonna sound terrible. There have been some women that I almost had sex with, like I had a pussy appointment and everything, mm-hmm. and then you know, one thing led to the next, <laughs> you and had then a PA with the PG, huh? So you had a PA with the PG? Yes, I did. <laughs> and like one thing led to the next, and then I ain't gonna lie, like I ended up rubbing one out, and then I was like, I don't even want to deal with this chick. Yeah. So I think that when your mind is clouded. Like, let's say you're, like, I don't say sexually frustrated, mm-hmm. but when you're thinking with your dick, you're going to make bad decisions. Yes. So if you get in a position where you want to do something, then just sit on your thoughts or rub one out. I don't know. Or, or That's <laughs> when you're thinking the most clear. Yeah. Right? When you finally get rubbed that one out yeah. and then you're like, you know what? I'm not going to fuck this chick. Go. This girl is not even attractive. Right. She's not attractive. I'm not, I'm not sexually attracted to her. Mm-hmm. I, I would be in, I would be in the same, I would literally be the same as all the other like men that are accused of sticking their dick in anything. Mm-hmm. And that ain't me. Yeah. Like that ain't me. I'm not yeah. going to fuck anything. Yeah. We know? also talked about like just putting value on yourself. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, exactly. You have right. to have a, some form of standard, right? Yeah, you don't want like to be that accessible. Like no. any girl that hollers at you or any girl walking you try to have sex with her. It just right. it just devalues devalues yourself. Yeah, there was a situation not too long ago. This woman is very attractive, you know, a little older than me, but mm-hmm. attractive, nice body, you know. <laughs> she sent me her whole body naked on Snapchat. I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, I wish I seen that. Yeah, I was like, "Jesus Christ." Mm-hmm. And I didn't fuck her though. Because yeah. I, I, the reason why I didn't was because um, just I, I just pay attention to people. 
And there's certain things that she was doing that just really kind of put me on high alert. Not because I thought she was like a whore or anything like yeah. that, but just because she had an unreliable personality. Mm-hmm. She might be like potentially crazy. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to put dick in crazy women. <laughs> I don't want to do that because I think you elevate the crazy. I think people would be shocked. Uh, at least women would be shocked by not just the the this idea that men do turn down women. Right. You know what I mean? I I feel like women probably think that guys are like having sex with every girl that, you know, blinks at them. But yeah. in reality, um, at least me and Eddie, I know of instances where we both turn down women. And it's not really it's just like you got to go with your gut feeling. You right. Know what I mean, because sometimes you, sometimes something is off. Exactly. Oftentimes with me also is like I don't want to ruin working relationships. Right. So, you know, I'll just keep everything pretty cordial. Just because um, you know those those dynamics can can screw things screw up things, um, like if we're working on a, a short film together, or um, if there's any other capacity where I'm helping them with their business or something like that, like you know, I just keep it keep it on the surface. True, and let's run this in together. And and, and another thing too is just because you're attractive doesn't mean I'm attracted to you. Yeah, meaning you may look amazing. Nice breasts, everything's cool. Nice body, mm-hmm. um, but let's be clear: it attraction to me is a little deeper than just aesthetics. Like, if I'm attracted to you sexually, that's one thing. But if you're doing things that that kind of could turn me away, then I don't want to fuck with you. Period. Yeah. Like, if you have an unreliable personality, why would I want to fuck you? I don't want to even trust you. Another thing too, fellas, stop trusting any. Just stop trusting all these chicks to come over your house. Yes. That's a, that's a no no. Yeah, this is where you lay your head. When I I work long days at work, mm-hmm. why would I want some crazy chick that I fucked to know where I lived and like she's like, hey, what's up? I was watching you the other day. Like, what the fuck you watching me for? Yeah, I don't want girl, some girls are some girls are messy too. Yeah, I remember in college once there was this girl that I had over my my in my uh, apartment, and you know I was trying to I was trying to get it in, but um. What ended up happening is I guess she had an ex-boyfriend or something like that that followed her on social media and stuff. And she would do like these sneaky things where like if we were um, watching a movie, like just chilling or she was doing her homework or whatever. And we were just like chilling in my room. She would post something on Snap and then she would, you know, try to like pan around the room and then show me like in the background of you know oh her homework, God. you know, stuff like that. And I guess I don't know what happened. Or how it happened, but I think I was, um, I don't know if she she dropped me off or she was walking back to her car. However it happened, but the dude showed up, like, walking around the apartment. Oh, my God. And supposedly he was some computer science guy that was, like, hacking her phone or she might have had her uh, her location on on her Snapchat or something like that. Whatever she, happened, it was a really messy situation, and she was like freaking out. Who the fuck was she dating? Was she dating that guy from The Big Bang Theory? <laughs> he was she, a, she dating Sheldon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dude, the dude was like uh, Sri Lankan or like Indian or something like oh, some, no. some from the middle. He was East. the nigga on the internet, like send bobs, <laughs> <laughs> send pick of bobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah so that's that's a lesson learned of just inviting people to your house you know even yeah. i i heard um you know me and eddie aren't in a 
aren't in a position, the same position as a, a guy like Nick Cannon. But I seen a interview that he did and he talked about how he doesn't really bring women to his, his to his house. And if he does meet up, you know, he'll get he has the money to do it, obviously, but he'll get a suite or something like yeah. that and, you know, handle his business and go about your day. But you just can't like also that's a lot of a lot of different energies. You yes. Know, on a if you want to go to like a spiritual level. Right. Like a lot of different energies coming in and out of your house, you know, yeah. and in your in, in your bed, the place that you spend a lot of your time. So. Exactly. And and the thing about it is, is just in in regards to the casual sex, just because you're having casual sex doesn't mean you, you like whores or anything. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of women out there who work long hours and who have kids and who do things in life and who are busy, mm-hmm. hardworking women that want some dick. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm here for. Okay. <laughs> so that's the type of women I like women. I don't like whores. Yeah. So I wouldn't and even though that's the case, I would not want like just anyone at my fucking house. Yes. Like you're not just gonna come over here and then think you could pop up and or, you know, be tripping or wondering who I'm talking to or any of that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just that's just not my deal. Yeah. You know? So fellas, if 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 ladies too. Mm-hmm. If you are trying to have a little hookup thing, also get to know the person a little more. Yeah, don't yeah. know them for don't know them for two days and want to give up the pussy or you want to fuck some chick. Like, yeah, get to know them a little bit so you get their tendencies down. Yeah, like are they a criminal? Are yeah. they a terrorist? Like you don't know what the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you know you might be fucking a chick that was in a Taliban or something. You don't know what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. So you got to be I careful. Think you got to. Um... I would quote it as saying, like, take your sexual power back. Right. Because a lot of us is really loose out here. Yeah. You know, women and men. So you yeah. just have to take your sexual power back. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of it is maturity. You know yes. what I mean? If you're in your early 20s, um, like in my college days, I uh, did a lot of crazy stuff um, that I probably will never mention on the podcast. But I think um, now that I'm a little bit older, I know, like, y'all was wilding back then. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm more mature now, so I think think with a completely different, uh, like a clear mind. So I'm straight now. Yeah, yeah, man. I, at the end of the day, man. Um, all, all the point I'm trying to get across in regards to the STDs is, in order to get them, like I'm not trying to judge anyone who can, because technically anyone can get one. Yeah. You know, however, but they could be prevented. So. If you're not taking the preventable measures, then that says a lot about you. Like that says that you don't really care. You don't care enough to, you know, put on protection or yeah. I do find it wild how casually people speak about having sex with unpro- unprotected sex yeah. with different women. And it's like they bragging about it. Yeah. Like I think there was a I have to get the exact numbers, but I think there was only a little it was less than 50 percent of millennials use protection. That's low. Yeah, it's a bunch of motherfuckers out here with diseases, man. Mm -hmm. That's another reason why I don't like fucking young chicks. Mm -hmm. Like if you're if you're 23, I don't want to have nothing to do with you. Yeah, I budget Trojan condoms in my monthly spending habits, man. (laughs) I'm just playing. Yeah. (laughs) And they got so many condoms now. I don't get why you wouldn't want to try them. (laughs) They got fucking uh, the ecstasy ones. They got the super thin ones. They got the bare skin ones. They got the fucking extra lube ones. Yeah, the skin joints. Them lube, them lube condoms. You be thinking like, like you be thinking that it's pussy juice, but it's just extra lube. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. You're like, Jesus, man, what's up with these condoms, man? Yeah. Yeah, these condoms are some fu- some futuristic shit, man. They got all in different uh different pleasing different people. Right? Yeah. So like his and hers. I wonder I seen like the his and hers joint. Do you think that they will will start conforming to uh be more 2019-ish, you know what I mean? What do you mean? Because it's like his and hers condoms, but in reality, the her is just the person getting inserted into. True. They have female condoms, though. What? No, what I'm saying oh. is like it's his and hers because yeah. it's like whatever technology or whatever they have is right. like pleasing to the woman. Right. But if, the, if, it, if it's two guys, then it's not really his and hers. It's just like his and his. Oh. You know so what I'm saying? I don't, they probably just changed the name then. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, do you like, think they'll like conform, or are they just going to keep putting his and hers? I don't know what you call it. Like Bob and Greg. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Dicks and butts. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But I, I mean, look. At the end of the day, you would assume that you know sex commonly takes place between male and female. So that's how they market things, you know. Doesn't yeah. mean you can't use the same fucking condom and use it on whatever person yeah. you want to use it on. They're gonna get some backlash eventually. I'm not buying this condom because it doesn't represent my relationship. Yeah, like okay, motherfucker, don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are these condoms are universal, man. Yeah, they're universal, except if you're a girl. Yeah, you know the only thing I hate about condoms, the only thing I hate is the process before you have sex. Like you, like you usually start off, you know, the girls blowing you or whatever, and then you, it's like this moment that she's waiting and you're putting the condom on. It's the most awkward moment. Yeah, it's never really smooth. Like you try to transition into it yeah, smooth, it's like smooth way to you know, like I know you, you try to use one hand to put the condom on, and then the other hand you're like, you know, like massaging her or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but it's like, and the girl, like it is weird. Like the girl will watch you put the condom on. Yeah, she's just sitting there. She's like, just sitting there watching the dick. Like, are you rolling a condom on? Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's just hilarious, man. I think that's the most awkward part mm-hmm. before sex is just like the chick staring there waiting for you to put the fucking condom on. Yeah, I just imagine like intense like violins and like drums playing like do 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 and then you like reach over and try to put the condom on and it's like do 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 I think that's why so many people have raw sex because there's that that you you eliminate that awkwardness in the middle. Yeah. You just and you just give them the raw dick. But you know what, folks, stop getting drunk and having drunk sex. Yeah. Just they just stop. Some people say that they like drunk sex the most. I think it's an insecurity thing. Mm-hmm. I think when you're more secure with yourself and it's your decision making, right? Your decision making's mm-hmm. right. You have a clear mind and you could go into that situation having normal sex. Yeah. You don't need to have a 12 pack of beer. You don't need mm-hmm. to have Hennessy. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have any of that shit. Just look. And my thing is I drink beer. I don't drink it very much, but I don't need to get drunk to have sex. That's never been my thing. Yeah. I have had drunk sex before, but it was kind of like, I didn't like I don't like it was that. like being in I just you, I, I imagine you like being in control of like all the elements yeah mm-hmm. yeah because with the with the landscape of America today I would not be drunk or have sex with a drunk woman mm-hmm. fuck that mm-hmm. if you're drunk and you want to fuck me hit me back when you're when you're sober mm-hmm. if you're tipsy I don't want to fuck you period 
Yeah. Because the whole time uh, you'll be fucking a chick. She's like, this is so great. Oh, my God. I love this. And then later on, like, I don't know if I consented to this. I'm like, man, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't man. think that I consented to that. Like, yeah. you smacked my ass, and I don't think that I wanted you to do that. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, you know what? Okay, this is, yeah, we're not yeah. going to do this. It's tough out there. Yeah, it's tough out there, folks. Stop having drunk. Stop having drunk sex, and especially if the woman is drunk, leave her the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. Do, do not fuck with her. Mm-hmm. If she messaged you on Snapchat at three a.m. talking about what you're doing, just ignore. Her. She's yeah. probably drunk. She's probably drunk. Some yeah. women they women have. Um, I've noticed that a lot of times they'll do the bravery, like the bravery what like the bravery what you doing text, and it's because they've been drinking. Yeah. It's like if they were sober, they wouldn't be coming at you like that because they kind of care about like their perception. They don't want to come off as this like loose chick. Yeah. But then like they have a couple shots of tequila and they're like, what are you doing, Eddie? You'd be mm-hmm. like, I'm just sitting here watching Netflix right now. So, like just recording a podcast. And, and then and then you'll get like a almost like a trick question. Like, what do you want to do? And I'm thinking like, I want to watch Netflix <laughs> on my fucking couch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Stop thinking that your pussy is the only thing I want to do. Yeah, especially at three. It takes so much to get up at three a.m. It yeah. takes so much energy to like. That's just too much. Yeah, much. at three a.m., my dick is out of service. Okay, <laughs> my dick's out of service at three a.m. I might be watching Netflix or something or going to bed. Yeah, period. Hit me up in the morning. That's yeah. when I. That's when pretty much uh, most of American uh, American uh, most of American males. We have our morning, uh, what do you call it? Our morning erection. So you can jump on it then. <laughs> Just let me go pee first, and then I'll come back. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. All right. Switching gears. Uh, the bias test. Me and Keith are going to take a test right now, mm-hmm. and I guess it's for racial bias. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and click on it here. I'm going to read the thing. Uh, this Shout out to Azim. Um, he sent me this thing. He was listening to the last podcast, and he asked if I had take, took this uh, took this Harvard test. So if it's a Harvard test, I'll read the little, um, little paragraph right here. It says, you have selected the race, race task. In this study, you will complete an implicit association test, IAT, in which you will be asked to sort pictures and words into groups as fast as you can. In addition to the IAT, there are some questions about your beliefs, attitudes, and opinions, and, sta- and some standard demographic questions. The study should take about 10 minutes to complete. At the end of it, you will receive an IAT result along with information about what it means. We thank you for being here. So, All right. Now we're going to click. It's the very first one. Race IAT, correct? Yeah, there you go. All right. I'm going to click on that. All right. Let's take you guys through a journey here. All right. It says, welcome. You've selected the race task. In this study, you will complete. Oh, you just read. Right, you read. I was behind, nigga. I was behind. Shit. All right. What what sex were you assigned at birth? Oh snap! I didn't know you had started. Yeah, I'm just barely on that right there. So, what sex have you assigned at birth? Uh, Question. Wait. What is it? Yeah, it says, "What sex were you assigned at birth on your original birth certificate?" Male graphics. This is different. Yours is different than mine. Really? What does yours say? Mine says questionnaire says. How warm or cold do you feel towards African Americans? What the fuck? You've you've moved on. Like you you've passed this up. I don't know. Let me go back, man. Is it are you see where it says touchscreen test? Is that where you are? Yeah. Let me go back to race IAT. It's the second option now. So I'm gonna click on that. Yeah. It might be different for both of us, so we yeah. just know. Okay, see it switches it up. Which statement best describes you? I okay. strongly prefer white people. 
to black people. Oh, so ours different. is different. So like yeah. you just answer one question and I'll answer one question. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what is it? Mine says, which statement best describes you? I strongly prefer white people to black people. I moderately prefer white people to black people. I strongly prefer white people to black people. I like white people and black people equally. I slightly prefer black people to white people. I moderately prefer black people to white people. I strongly prefer black people to... Ah, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Are you going to tell us what you picked? Am I going to tell you? I slightly prefer black people to white people. <laughs> well, I'm okay. black. Shit. Yeah. What the fuck? The politically correct question is, <clears throat> I I like white people and black people equally. Like, I do. I would say that I do. I, but it's say, I slightly prefer black people to white people. But like, one is politically correct and one is the other. I'm yeah. a, I'm a Just, black. Wait, you don't have to explain it. Just answer it. Because this is yeah. a long test. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, the next question, it says, uh, page two out of three. How warm or cold do you feel towards European Americans? Um, warm or cold? Yeah. So it has ten through zero. Ten is extremely warm. Zero is extremely cold. Um, European Americans like they cool. Do you feel towards no? How warm or cold do you feel towards black people? Is mine's okay. And I'm black, so extremely warm. European Americans are cool. I'll put slightly warm. All right. Next question. Mine says, uh, "Which statement best describes you?" Yeah, and then that's somebody. the one that you just How warm did. How do you feel towards white people? Uh, it doesn't. Mine says European Americans. So this is. This is all switched up. Yeah, it's all over. The wording is different. They did yeah. it on purpose. So they know that when we're trying to do a podcast, that they could just do whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they didn't want us to do it the right way. I moderately prefer African Americans. Yeah, th- this, this test gives you the opportunity to be politically correct, though. I don't like that. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna answer the questions that you know. Some people walk that line though. Some people do. Yeah, some people do. Uh, what sex were you assigned at birth? Okay, male. So yeah. They, what is your current gender identity? Check all that apply. Male. Male. All gender, right, birth year. It says gender queer, gender nonconforming. Black guy. A different uh, identity. Alien. What is your birth year? <laughs> what alien? <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh, <laughs> what is your ethnicity? Is your birth Hispanic mind? or Latino? Not Hispanic or Latino? Unknown. Damn, we ain't got black on here. I guess you unknown. Wow. But not Hispanic or Latino. Okay. Please select the categories that categories uh, that comprise your race. Click a category once to select it. Click it again to deselect it. You may select this. Many categories as you wish when you are finished. I mean, why is it that fucking hard? I'm just a black guy. What is your political identity? All right. Uh, It's not neutral. Mine's is neutral because I'm I'm not not conservative or liberal. I I play. I'm leaning more. I'm leaning more left, but I don't agree with everything the fucking liberals say. Yeah, yeah, liberals getting on my nerves. And I'm not. I'm definitely not conservative, but I do agree with some things conservatives say. Yeah. So I think mine's would be slightly liberal. I think that makes more sense. I put neutral just because, like, it is slightly liberal, but sometimes I just be like, man, I don't want to be associated. If you're in the middle, then it's neutral. Then, especially like you know, we talked about last week with the Joker thing. Like, yeah, all these liberals are trying to like you know get that movie canceled and whatnot. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Next, you will categorize items into groups as fast as you can. These are four groups and items that belong to each. Uh, Okay, excitement, delight, triumph, friendship. Celebrate, fantastic, hate, bothersome, hurtful, yucky, angry, disaster. What? And this is black people, white people. There are seven parts. The instructions change for each part. Pay attention. 
Okay. All right. Let me move on. White people. Part one of seven black people. Put a left finger over the left green area for items that belong to the category white people. Put a right finger over the right green area for items that belong to black people. Items will appear at one one at a time. If you make a mistake, red arrow. Okay. Just the lower green says, start. All please right. indicate your full-time or part-time occupation. If you are now retired, please answer by indicating your last full-time job. If you were previously employed and are not pres- presently employed, please indicate your last part-time or full-time job. Um, what is my job? Art, I guess, inter- entertainment. Uh, please select the most appropriate occupation category. Entertainers and performers, media, media, communication. Put a left finger over the green. What the hell? Did it make me do this shit over? Oh, dang. This nigga is cockeyed. <laughs> Wait. What the fuck is this? <laughs> All right. Put a left finger over the green area. The items belong in the bad category. Oh, okay. No, I did over. Bad or good. I think our audience, uh, so we'll figure out a way for people to find it. But Horrific is basically you look up the Harvard bias test. And then that's a bunch of different tests mm-hmm. you could take. Somebody moved a chair and it sounded like they farted. Yeah. Next you over there blowing ass while we're doing the fucking <laughs> test. Next you will use the E and I computer keys to categorize items into groups as fast as you can. These are the four and these are the four groups in the items that belong to each other. Hmm, Wait, what? Right. We use the E and I key to categorize Disaster. items into a group as fast as you can. These are the four groups I belong to. E and I, E and I. White people, black people. Oh, so basically this one is asking like you're associating emotions with um, like close-ups of people's eyes. This shit so is. You this have shit is like, I don't know, man. This test is funky. It's got, now it's got pictures of white noses and black noses. And it's like that's easy to decipher. A black nose is different than a white nose, man. Press the space bar when you're Black ready. people got them big noses. <laughs> yeah, you got a nigga nose. <laughs> Breathing all the white man's air. <laughs> oh, man. Black person sneezing the whole room. Get wet. <laughs> whole room get wet. A <laughs> truth. You sneezed on me, sir. <laughs> Sorry about that. Go as fast oh, as... Oh, shit. What the heck? My thing... It doesn't actually let you... Do it on the phone. My stuff got stuck at this thing. Really? On that? No, nah, mine's is still going. It's yeah. just showing pictures of black people and white people. Mm. Uh, and it's just showing, I don't know, friendship, good. But it shows a black guy's face. Okay, bothersome. Uh, white people. Okay, excitement. This is, what the hell? Okay. This is a failed experiment. Yeah, this is failed, man. I can't even move I, on from this. Yeah. Azim, we appreciate you, man, but this test is fucked. And yeah. We're, I, I'm, I'm done with this, okay? Yeah, Azim. You know what? This you, will be the last time we ever take advice from you. Yeah, I'm just playing. <laughs> Shout out to Azim, man. He's yeah, shout out to him, man. But yeah, that, that test was, it was an experience. Anyone listening, if you want to see what we're talking about, um, do you have? I don't know if you got to send them the link, or they could just put in bias test, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's on a Harvard website, so I think you j- just Google like Harvard bias test, and um, 
the the little test to pop up. It take like ten minutes. It's probably best to do it on a computer, right? Um, because my phone basically got to a certain page and it said type in E or I and use a space bar and and, and then it was like asked a racially biased question. It's like it just popped up. Like Keith Fingers, are you a nigger? And then you're like, <laughs> what? There was one um, I had seen. <laughs> I didn't say it though. It was like, do you prefer white pussy or black? Pussy? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know, neutral. <laughs> Do you prefer Heather or Shanika? <laughs> oh, dang, that'll be crazy. Uh, oh, funny. my God. Do you, you know what's funny? Do you prefer African pussy juice or European pussy juice? Oh, man. <laughs> European and African? <laughs> I'll stick to American. <laughs> no, man. Um, uh, it, it's this is just crazy. The thing is, it's supposed to be a bias test, but what if only a white person created this whole platform. Shouldn't this be a like a uh, uh, this should be more of a a collaborative test where you have black, white, Asian, Middle Eastern people creating this bias test? Because if it's only a white person to create this test, isn't that culturally biased? Well, I think you can ask a neutral question. You can ask a neutral neutral question, but is it a white person creating those neutral questions? <laughs> is it only a black person creating those neutral questions? Yeah, those questions could be a. That could be a, a reflection of your cultural or racial racial bias. Mm-hmm. So when you have black people contributing to it, white people contributing to it, Middle Eastern people contributing to this one test, mm-hmm. I think that that would be a better idea. And then when you get a score back and you're like, okay, you're culturally biased, then fuck, who created the, who created the standard of the test? Yeah. Nobody's asking that question, right? But I'm at, but on the yeah. Trucker's Mind podcast, we get deep into these topics. Yeah. And we want to find out. We want to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. That's true. It's probably, I mean, a lot of white people go to Harvard. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if some white man is just sitting at a computer or a white woman. That'd be crazy. It'd or be like some. gender neutral. Yeah, right. Or white they. Oh, that- <laughs> oh white they. <laughs> oh, uh. man. Oh, dude, today I went to El Pollo Loco, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was ordering my food or whatever, and then the person was talking. And uh, I was like, oh, fuck. What did I say? Okay, no, no, no. This would happen. I ordered my food or whatnot, and then I was like, all right, thanks, uh, thanks, bro. Right? And mm-hmm. then uh, it's like, all right. But it kind of was like a feminine voice, mm-hmm. but it was. Oh, so at the. Yeah, you- so I get to the window, mm-hmm. and. It was a they. Um, it was a they. It, <laughs> it was one of those things that you don't want to. What did you tell them? I just said, uh, uh, thanks. I didn't say bro. <laughs> I didn't say bro. I didn't say ma'am. I didn't say none of that. Yeah. I just kept it gender neutral. Yeah. You could all learn something from this, folks. Yeah. You don't have to be an asshole and be like, yeah, bro. Like, mm-hmm. just don't. Yeah. This only happens in America, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> I, yeah, well, I don't know. I haven't been many other places, but just the the idea of you know feminine and mas like feminine and masculine words are ingrained in Spanish and yes. uh, French culture. Yes, so they I don't even think they can have the same gripes as like, yeah, they can because they do. It's one they call it a lat uh, X like Latin X. I think they call it because the words are considered dominant. You can look it up. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, because there's 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 dom there's. Uh, I, I asked this question a long time ago, yeah. but I guess 
the world has finally caught up to this idea. What? Just how, like, if you say, if you say hermanos, it means like your siblings, yeah. right? You know what yeah. I mean? It doesn't matter which gender they are. Right. You say hermanos for like, you know, if you have two uh, brothers and, you know, one yeah. sister or whatever. Yeah, but hermana is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it's talking about a group of people, it's always mm-hmm. the, you know, the masculine version of it. So I was just curious how those like French uh, or, uh, yeah, French and Spanish and all these other languages, how they kind of are uh, going along with the current times when this whole gender. Yeah, I don't know. Are- I, I don't know, man. It, it's just a topic that I'm so, man, you hear those fucking sirens now? Yeah. Yeah, people going to think we live in the middle of the fucking... Uh- <laughs> Yeah. This is not filmed. This is this is not recorded in downtown Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Want to see a dead body? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you guys get a chance to take that bias test, mm-hmm. um, and, and you might be just as confused as we were. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears. Uh, a, a young man, a 21 year old man, was arrested for missing jury duty. Um, his excuse was that he woke up late and he couldn't make it in. Right, but before I you know get dive into this there is nobody that says yay i'm going to jury duty yay nobody's happy to do that yeah right um as an adult you still have a moral obligation you still have a a responsibility to show up and shit um it's your civil duty it's your civil duty um however you know most people figure you know if they don't show up they just usually find somebody else to get on become a part of the jury that's how it works um but what ended up happening is, is the judge made an example out of one of these, uh, one of the jury who happened to be the only black person on the jury. Mm-hmm. And he was given 10 days in jail, 150 hours of community service and one year probation for missing, for coming late to jury duty. That is just absolutely absurd. I guess yeah. initially he had missed coming in and then he came and then that happened. And it's fucked up. It was just. It shows that that people in high positions of power may not be fit to do their job because that was a complete overreaction. And, and his excuse was, you know, the severity of him being African-American and being there was because he was the only person that was black on the jury and they needed him to be there. And the judge just said, look, I'm sentencing you to 10 days. And, and the thing about it is you can't really can you can't really say the judge was wrong, but his sentencing was just way out of That's control. A hundred and fifty hours community service. I can see the ten, the ten days in jail was a little steep too. He was in there with people that's about to go to prison. He he was yeah he was saying people was in there fight like he was a little kid. You could tell he was in over his head. He's twenty one, about but he's still a kid, man. He he was talking about like you know different people being in there and fighting and all kind of stuff going on. You know what I mean? It's it's like for no reason should a person that screwed up like just a minimal screw up in the grand scheme of things be in yeah. there with people that have committed murders and that's ridiculous you know all kind of different crimes that they're going to do hard time for yeah that's crazy that just didn't make any sense mm-hmm. and, and the thing about it is is um the 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 system is very how do you say it? it's 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 not balanced at all mm-hmm. they haven't set like they haven't set <clears throat> anything in stone what's you know what you get for a certain offense. It's too loose. It's too loose. So I could fart in the fucking court and say, I'm sorry. And he said, you come here now, put the cuffs on him, take him to jail. Mm-hmm. If the judge has too much power, mm-hmm. too much. 
So you start to, it's, there's a lot of, uh, what do you call it? It's almost like dictatorship in there, man. Yeah. That's not cool. You could, you could, you could literally, there was a guy actually that farted. There's footage of it. He farted and he said, I'm sorry, your honor. And he says, are you really serious? While I'm up here talking, you do that? He says, sir, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't trying to do that. It just happened. He said, you know what? You need to be more respectful. He was really pissed off at a guy for farting in court. Mm-hmm. He was about to give the dude jail time for farting. Yeah. That means you have too much fucking power. Were you trying to control my bowels? You telling me when I could shit? Like, what the fuck is your problem? That's stupid. That made no sense to me. These judges have way too much power. You need to take the power back, period. Mm-hmm. Like, that should be, you should be able, there should be a literally a, a escalation, like, department. And if you are given a sentence that is not just, there should be like a like a, a tier, like a hierarchy of of like a tier of uh, different things. Like if you miss jury duty and you get 150 days, uh, 150 hours and you're like, that's too many hours. And you giving me one year probation for this. That is just absurd. There are people that get in fights and don't even get one year probation. Now, this kid has a record and they were pulling up the, the things that he was doing. He. He was taking care of his grandpa. He yeah. was working with kids and they had all kind of pictures. You know, normally when Ridiculous. black people do something wrong, they pull up all the 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 images on their social media. He had nothing. Smoking weed and yeah. you know, throwing up gang signs. Like this nigga was like yeah, nothing. being the a perfect citizen. You yeah. know what I mean? Helping kids like I said, helping kids out, helping his grandpa out, taking care of his grandpa. And they just threw him in jail for being late. I it's, question. It's stupid. I I, I, I I strongly question that judges, uh, that judge in general. Because here's the thing, um, you need to understand that this guy had zero priors, and you're giving him this much. You're treating him like a fucking criminal. Okay. Yeah. Let's be clear. You're treating him like a fucking criminal. He has no record, none, and you give him a one year probation on on jury duty. And it wasn't like he missed. He was just late. He was late. That's insane. I don't give a fuck who you are, if you white, black, whatever. I think you might want to question someone's morality when they do that. See, people say, like, you're race baiting. You're you're pulling up situations with black kids because you know that, you know, it's going to seem like it's racist. Let's be clear. Why are you treating someone with no priors like they're a criminal? Why? Maybe he's just a dick. He's just an asshole. Maybe he's an asshole. But he mentioned that he was the only black kid on the jury. He was the only black person. He mentioned the severity of having a black person on there. So what he did is he leveraged that to give him all that fucking time. 10 days, 150 hours, 150 hours of community service. That's fucking insane. And you're not getting paid a dime for that. And one year probation. And now he's in the system. Mm-hmm. You know how fucked up it is to be someone in the system? How hard it is to even get a job? And they ask on the, and when you go to get a job, they're going to ask, hey, have you ever been on probation? You have to circle yes. Mm-hmm. They automatically won't fucking hire you. So this piece of shit judge got away with giving an innocent person probation. Mm-hmm. This judicial system needs a facelift because there are tons of innocent people or people, the 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 sins 
the, the crime. What what am I? I'm trying to. I'm just getting a cluster fucked right now. <laughs> the sentence wasn't justified by the yeah, crime that it wasn't justified. I don't even know if that's a crime. That's it's not. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. It's like if you don't come to jury duty, you're going to jail. It's like yeah, you you should not be legally able to fucking make me do anything that I don't want to do. If I don't want to go to that fucking jury jury duty, I ain't going. Period. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's fucked up. And I was I was sweating one day because they sent me jury duty and I sent them something stating that I couldn't go. And they sent me another slip saying, hey, you missed this you day to appear. Yeah. And then I sent them something back. I said, hey, I sent you a letter saying that I couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, well, it shows that we didn't get the letter. So due to them not receiving that, imagine if that was me. I'm a truck driver. Mm-hmm. OK, I I'm on the road. I don't have time to be up in there fucking around with those fucking cases. Yeah. I remember one time I was on jury duty and I wasn't a part of the jury yet because they didn't choose me, but I made it to the the end. Like I was almost on the jury and the dude that was in there was clearly guilty. Like they showed, they had all the evidence already. They was talking about it. I'm like, man, just lock this motherfucker up. I'm trying to go home. Yeah. It's such a waste of time for people. I haven't done it yet because usually, um, you know, when I had done it, I was in school or, right. you know, I always had an excuse financial hardships or whatever but you know it's like more than enough people um that they call in there you know what i mean in order to dwindle it down to uh a few jurors right um but during that whole process you're still missing work and you're still like trying to find a babysitter and you're still missing school and stuff like that so it's just a waste of time like just let people volunteer to do it and you know the nosy people that like being in those situations let them be on the stand right exactly there's plenty of nosy motherfuckers to go around yeah i just it just here's the thing i don't care who you are you know that 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 sentence that that he was given it's just it doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. and you know what i don't want to do is this i don't have to question whether the judge was racist or not i'm not gonna do that i question his morality and i question his credibility Mm -hmm. because if you're gonna give somebody that for missing jury duty what are you giving other people for crimes are you lenient on people that blow that are murderers Mm -hmm. are you harsh on people that have petty crimes are you do you have something in your personal life that's causing you to inflict these painful sentences on people what the fuck is your problem Mm -hmm. and you know are you do you have everything screwed together because i'm telling you dude we we have to have a our system is outdated this is why it's important to never become a part of of you know of this criminal system in any way because mm-hmm. you're gonna be fucked. Mm-hmm. That kid's gonna that shit's gonna be on his record for the rest. of It needs to be expunged now. Yeah, they needs to be taken the fuck off mm-hmm. now. He should never be on. He should be off probation. Everything. Yeah, I want I, I want some he judge to be paid also. Hmm? He said I said he need to be paid also. He needs to be paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, some people are going to and some people are going to chalk it up and just say, well, he did come in late. He has a moral obligation to come in late. And I mean, not to come in late. And he did that. So, hey, the judge could do what they want. Well, technically, yeah, I guess. But come on, man. We all know that's fucking bullshit. Let's 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 say it in things in, in, in a way you could understand it. Imagine if your kid's late for school and then they get expelled for the year. Mm hmm. You're going to be like, 
my kid was late to school once. Why are they expelled? Mm-hmm. Why did you expel my kid from getting education? Yeah. Oh, because he was late, sir. Um, it's it's your fault also. But um, yeah, he can't come to the school anymore because he was late. We uh, you know we have a policy that states this, and it's like, dude, <laughs> that that type of punishment doesn't fit the crime, mm-hmm. and it and it's inexcusable. Mm-hmm. You got to do better than that. Yeah, man. Hopefully something comes of this because just looking at it now, it it's it's kind of hard to fathom that this is even a real story. <laughs> right? Yeah. So hopefully, um, you know, some of these big wigs, guys like Meek Mill and, you know, Jay-Z, a lot of these yeah. people that have been um, advocating for a more fair judicial system, hopefully um, they get on the horn and, you know, they make some noise to you know, help this situation and then prevent it from ever happening again. Yeah, I don't know what was wrong with that judge, man. I so know. A lot of these stories we hear and they just sound like they're made up. Like if I'm listening to this podcast and I hear you say that, I'm like, what the heck? That don't even make sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And then you see it, you look at the news article, you hear the guy speak and you're like, oh, this is real. This is not something that Eddie made up or it's not something Keith made up. So. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. It, it's really fucked up. Did that guy eat, was he like was he hungry and didn't eat lunch or was he in a yeah, bad he mood? Kind of grumpy, man. And did he get that? Gym? And a lot of times, you know that the everyone they we're all human beings, right? So these judges are bringing their own baggage into exactly. the courthouse. He's fat, you know, fat old white man. You know, his wife probably found a young young NFL player or something like that has been dicking her down real good and you know wow <laughs> wow <laughs> wow Keith <laughs> writing the script what the fuck is going on man we don't know what, what it is is this we just don't yeah. we don't know we don't know what's happening in that guy's life for him to do that mm-hmm. I don't I don't know man I don't know who knows somebody somebody could have been fucking his wife who knows mm-hmm. he, he could have uh Lost a lot of money on doing something. And mm-hmm. I think that those things can affect your morality. I, a lot of people, regardless of their profession, are unable to, uh, they're unable to separate their personal life from their work life. Mm-hmm. There are people that go into regular jobs. It's a motherfucker in McDonald's right now that got in an argument with his girlfriend and he throwing french fries all over the fucking place. Yeah. He's dropping patties on the ground. He doesn't give a fuck. He's dropping buns. Keep making raw hamburgers and shit because he can't think straight. Mm-hmm. And and people are not able to separate their personal business from their professional business. Yeah. And that's when shit goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I was watching that show, All Americans. And um, you, you realize, like, um, this is, you know, it's only a TV show. But a lot of times what happens in the season, if, like, some teammates are arguing or whatever happens or just going through high school drama or whatever, whether it's girls or, uh, you know, just drama at home with their parents or whatever it, it, um, it, it's displayed on the field. So the, the receiver and the quarterback will be out of sync. The receiver will be dropping passes. The quarterback will be turning the ball over, stuff like that. Right. Um, and that's kind of how it generally happens in real life. You know what I mean? Like it's difficult to separate your, your life at home from your work because, Whatever happens at home, you're constantly thinking about it. So I'm sure that ju- and the judge seemed really like really defensive, and he sounded really aggressive when he was telling. Uh, yeah, he was making those statements. Yeah. So you know, for for whatever reason, he's carrying all that baggage that you know happened outside of the the 
outside of the courtroom or even a previous case. You know, it could have been a case where it was something very traumatic, maybe, a, you know, somebody killing a child or something like that. So he's carrying all of this into the next case and, you know, he sees a black kid walk in late or maybe the previous case was a black man murdering a white man and, you know, he sentenced him to life in prison and then next thing you know, this young you know, black man comes running into the court late and he's like, yo, I'm sending you to jail. Yeah, you make know? an example. You think you come to my courtroom late? Mm-hmm. I'll send you and do you do this. And the thing about it, the kid was so, so nice and gracious. Yeah, he was not malicious or anything. At he was all. just a regular, you know, regular kid. And he, he owned up. He said, I made a mistake. It was my fault. He, and, then he, <clears throat> and then he apologized to the judge and everything. And the judge did not give a fuck. That's so trash, man. Just a piece, being a judge should not give you the ex- excuse to be a piece of shit. Yeah. Period. That that shit was fucked up, man. I rarely want to physically assault people, but yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. And you can't you can't say that here because then all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, they want they want to assault me. They said it on their podcast. Yeah, I didn't say nothing. I said I rarely want to physically assault people, but yeah. Yeah, those niggers said, I mean, those, <laughs> those guys said that they wanted to assault me on their podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, this, I don't That's know, funny. man. We got to do better. We got to, they got to figure out something um, yeah. to try to, I don't know what they're yeah. going to, this is an outdated system that yeah. locks people up for a long time. If you, hey, I, actually, there was, if you look it up, look up Cash for Kids mm-hmm. or go to the Swindle podcast. And I think it was called Cash for Kids. And there was a judge that was receiving um, receiving money for giving children long sentences for doing hardly anything. Wow. It's a true story. Yeah. Um, and these kids were going for going to these juvenile centers for a year. They would like get an argument with their teacher and have to do five months. And it was happening more and more. And then he was known for doing it, but they found out he was receiving like pushbacks or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. He was receiving money for putting these kids away what the heck? because he was in cahoots with some guy that was owning these facilities. So he was getting a lot of money for turning these kids in and he was overpopulating these, these, these so it's more money from the government. Yeah. Huh? It's yeah. fucked up kickbacks. He was receiving yeah. kickbacks for it. Yeah. I wish I was in some like a better position and then I would reach out to that kid, maybe have him on a podcast or something like that. Yeah. Fly him out or, you know, just just hear his story and, you know, try to uh, bring more awareness to that the situation. I don't know who's going to do it, but somebody needs to get that shit off his record. Mm-hmm. This guy take care of his grandpa. He's doing good things out in the world. Don't give no kid like this a criminal record, man. Mm-hmm. It just, it's nobody's going to trust him. They're going to see that and be like, oh, people judge you off what they see. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had cops when they pull me over and, I, you know, you give them your license. And you know, I I know what's on my record. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, whoa, well, you made it 34 years and you don't have a record. Mm-hmm. Most people have some type of run-in with the police. I don't fuck with them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm respectful to the police. Yes, sir. No, sir. All of that. And the reason why is because I know it won't end well on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. If you want to fight, if you want to fight a cop, do it in court. Do not do it on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of fucking videos of people like, I know my rights, man. You can't just tell me to do this job, blah, 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 blah. Like, don't do that shit. Yeah. Don't do that. It's not going to end good. Me and Keith have been stopped together a few times. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yo, here, here's my license. You need my license? Go ahead. Because if you refuse to give them the fucking license, now they got a reason to uh, suspect you of a crime, I guess. 
Yeah. And white people and black people aren't afforded the same hostility towards police officers. Nah. You, you always see those videos of like people like, you don't have to roll down your window and you can, you know, you don't have to do anything that they tell you to do. Um, they're not demands. They're asking you and stuff like that. I've seen a video where a guy was like, I know my rights. And, you know, the guy, the police officer comes up and asks for his license and registration. And he wrote, he cracks the window a little bit. And then he hands his license and his registration through the, the, crack. the little crack. And he rolls his window back up. I'm like, yo, no, no way would we be afforded that that luxury of being, you know, that secretive. No. Because at any time it could be like, oh, he's reaching for a gun or, yeah. you know, whatever. If they can't see exactly what's going on like you know it could it could be ugly Bro, i think the worst time of me ever getting pulled over and see here's the thing people listening they're not gonna especially people that are non-black if they're listening they're like okay they're making it sound worse than what it is it's not like this blah 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 back in 2005 and in just that summer alone i probably got pulled over about 14 times no lie that was one of the roughest summers ever. Mm-hmm. You know, there were shootings going on and stuff, but I was getting stopped all the time. And most of it was on the way home. I get stopped for no reason. They say, where are you going? I'm like, home. They're like, where's home? It's on my license. I live right there. And it's like, hey, don't get smart with me. I ask the questions. You listen. You understand me? And I'm like, yes, officer. So I'm getting harassed over and over and over and over. And it's happening more and more and more. But I've been coached by my dad how to deal with it. See, ask yourself this question. Have you ever had to be coached by your parents how to have an interaction with the police? Probably haven't. They probably never told you, hey, when a cop asks you a question, make sure you say yes, sir, no, sir, this and that. Well, Mm -hmm. I learned that from my dad because he got his ass whooped by the police when he was a kid for no reason. Mm -hmm. And his trauma dealing with the cops, realize, my dad's 60 years old. He was dealing with the police back in the day when anything was going. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had any real issues with the police because I didn't allow it. And I was able to control what I did. See, you don't know who's behind that badge. That guy could be waiting to plant cocaine on you. That guy could be waiting. That guy could be using you as a story to tell. A lot. If you ever listen to game bangers, they'll be like, yeah, we jumped him. We beat him up. Yeah, yeah. Cops do the same shit. When they go in that office. They're like, yeah, we, we had a guy that was running his mouth. We slammed him to the ground. Some cops are looking for a fucking story to tell. Mm-hmm. Don't be the one in that story. So if they, even if the guy's a dick, comply and be respectful so you can go home. Mm-hmm. But to make a long story short, I was harassed multiple times. Uh, one time the guy said, license, registration. I said, oh, okay, it's right here in the glove box. He said, you don't, got a glo- you don't have a gun in there, do you? I'm like, no, I don't. I have my registration in my glove box. And then I got pulled over and got asked for shit that I, I got asked for. Y'all, you on probation or parole? Like, why don't you ask me for shit I'm supposed to have, like license and registration? <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's happened many times, but there's no way for me to prove it. So I just look like this angry black guy making up fucking stories to you guys. And I'm not. I don't have a criminal record, but I've been fucked with so many times that I should have a criminal record. Because I should have lost my shit over 10 years ago and said, hey, fuck you guys. Stop bothering me. But now in my 30s, I don't ever get stopped. Every blue moon, I get stopped. Mm -hmm. And if I do, then I can understand why they did it. I got stopped about a few months ago. I was driving my work truck home, but my window on my truck is pitch black, dude. It's not legal. So I said, we pulled you over for your tent. 
I was a little frustrated because I worked a long shift. And I said, yeah, I get it. And the other cop was trying to antagonize me on the other side. The one I was talking to was really cool guy. But the one, his partner was a dick. He's like, we just doing a job, man. Why you tripping? Why you tripping, man? Let us do our job. Why you tripping? He had the light all in my face and I wasn't falling for the okie doke. So I just gave him a thumbs up and he kept talking. I just gave him another thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Some of these motherfuckers try to push your buttons because it's not it's not always a race thing. It's a power thing. And some of these motherfuckers don't got power. They don't even got power with their own wife. They probably got a small cock. They can't fuck her right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so you come to work and you take your aggressions out on people who are not doing anything wrong. Yeah. You know, what do they call that? Microaggression? My yeah. <laughs> microaggressions or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take the bait and I I admitted my wrong, like my windows are dark and I got let go. Another and then a different time I got pulled over by a sheriff. He was saying, Oh, your your left light is kind of dim, which was a bullshit reason because it was working, but I was I complied, I was respectful, and he let me go. We even had a little chit chat and then he drove off. So uh, I don't know where I went with that. I kind of went on a tangent, but <laughs> hey, man, I, I just gave you a little bit of experience from my eyes, and I'm sure Keith has stories as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. don't really you don't get stopped too much, do you? No, um, I rarely have gotten stopped. Yeah, maybe literally like four or five times my whole life. Yeah, I, I think like one or two of those times it was me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think. Uh, but yeah, usually it, it is for like some sort of reason. And yeah. Most of the, my cop my experiences with police officers have been pretty chill. Right. You know, they just ask for my license and registration and they run it and then they just let me go. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it's not like every cop is out here to get you, bro. Mm-hmm. This ain't like cops, terrible people, man. Fuck these policemen. They trying to get all the black men and shoot us at the same time. Like, nah, it ain't, mm-hmm. <laughs> it ain't that. But there are some pieces of fucking slime, and there's there's a lot of them. We're not gonna play that one bad apple thing. It's a bunch of slime ball piece of shit cops. You know why I know that? Because there are a bunch of slime ball pieces of shit people. Mm-hmm. We have a people problem. Think about people at your job right now, right? Think about how many of them suck at their job. Not very good. Come in late. Not reliable. Those same people work as police officers <laughs> or as teachers. Or as fucking barbers or whatever. So all these people exist in different spaces. So we have to stop using the excuse of few bad apples. There's a lot of bad motherfuckers in the police departments. And there's a lot of people that do their job and that are great at it. But the narrative should not be a few bad apples because that's fucking bullshit. Uh, before we move on, this is one story. I think I told I think I told Keith. I think I told you. I'm not sure. It was 2005. Yes, 2005 also. I was with my homie Levante, shout out to Levante, and Nick Stowe. And we went over to a homie's house. We were leaving. We were headed back home. And we seen down the street, it was a bunch of cop cars. A bunch of fucking cop cars there. We was like, wow, somebody getting arrested. All of a sudden, we hear some voice. Hey, you. So he like, he ain't talking to us. So we keep walking. Cop starts jogging down the, like, jogging towards us. Mind you, it's nighttime. And he can't see what's going on. And we just stopped and we all put our hands up like immediately. And we was like, whoa, what's up, man? What's going on? He's like, all three, you come with me right now. And I was like, we just came from there. He's like, shut up. Come with me right now. So we followed the guy. 
He went, but he was behind us. We walked, we sat down. We were literally on the curb with about 20 other black guys that we didn't have no fucking idea who they were. Mm-hmm. And yes, this happened in Bakersfield, California. Okay. So we're sitting there. We don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, sorry to say this, Nick, but you were crying. But yeah, Nick was crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what a pussy. Yeah, no, no, don't do that. But <laughs> Nick was crying because Nick's a good guy, right? Nick's crying. Me and Levante don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, the cops, like, um, talking to other people. They're just being very unprofessional, talking about this some girl. She's nasty. Oh, she's this and that. She's fucking people. It was just crazy. It was weird. Then finally, he comes and gets our licenses from us. He holds it. We're sitting there for another, like, 15 minutes for no reason. Then he comes back and asks me, so, uh, what school did you go to? I was like, I went to BHS. And he's like, you play football? I was like, yeah. I used to play football there. He's like, oh, you're a big motherfucker, huh? I was just like, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess. And then Levante, he ran track at Highland. So he's like, he's like, oh, you ran track, huh? Oh, you're a fast motherfucker, huh? And then Levante just looked at me and didn't say anything. And then Nick was just over there just like scared. Finally, we get our licenses back and we leave. And that was the most pointless stop I've ever had in my life. And that was the most unprofessional fucking police I've ever seen ever. Mm-hmm. And if we had reacted in any way, we would have had our asses whooped. Because they was whooping ass on some random black dude that they can they they that basically we were all on the curb because somebody had their house broken into. That was the the reason I guess we found out. Mm-hmm. And the brother got mad and came out the house and they slammed him against the fucking wall. <laughs> and we didn't know what the fuck was going on, but we got out of there. <laughs> but yeah, dude, this is the shit that really goes on. Yeah. This shit really goes on, man. People just abuse their power. I think that's why I went on a tangent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Switching gears. Uh, there was a no oh, self care. That's what we want to talk about. Self care. I think it's important to take care of your your body. Um, not only your body, but just different things, whether it be teeth or fucking skin or whatever. And it's not just a woman thing. I think as men, we got to step our self care up. Mm-hmm. Um. Whether it be, you know, getting pedicures or whatever the case. I'm not a man manicure person. I don't do my nails, but I do my feet. Cause I wear boots a lot. My feet get fucked up. Yeah. Um but yeah, you could dive into that a little bit, Keith. Yeah. Um, like Eddie said, it's it's very important. I think when it comes to um it's a stigma associated when it comes to males. Um, it's uh, like whatever the hyper masculinity or whatever. Right. Um, to where we don't think we should do certain things like get our nails done or, you know, get your feet done, get your, you know, whatever, get your, I wouldn't say there's, there's certain things that, um, that men do that I personally wouldn't do, but I know people that be getting their eyebrows threaded and stuff like that. But yeah, fuck that. Um, there go. that's hyper masculinity right there. But, but, but I think that, um, you know, those things are important because it just has this intangible, um, effect on people and it, you know, you just kind of feel better after you, you, you do these certain things, whether it's a massage. I know people, um, I would always think about it. Like, why is this, like, why does this guy get a haircut every two weeks? Like, right. why does, why, you know, whoever feel the need to like consistently get a haircut um, and 
you know, they would never miss, you know, and a lot of these barbers are uh, becoming more and more busy nowadays. They have, you know, book people, book people, um, you know, two weeks in advance or whatnot. And, you know, I know people that are that are scared to miss their appointments and stuff like that. Right. And I, you know, I somewhat understand it now just thinking about it over the past couple of days that it's just a self-care thing. Like they feel they feel like the best version of themselves when they, you know, get out of the barber chair. You know, when you have that fresh haircut and, you know, you just got lined up, your beard is trimmed and everything. And mm-hmm. um, that's just part of it. So um, and we we associated with money also like um, just me and Eddie were talking about it and. Um, sometimes, you know, we're becoming more, uh, financially literate. Um, but when it comes to self-care, I feel like obviously there's a limit on what you should spend, but at the same time, if, if it's something it's like, like a haircut or a massage or something like that, that's going to provide that, you know, that mental health or that mental wellness, or, you know, just provide that intangible experience that, you know, just makes your life that much better than spend the money. You know what True. I mean? Spend the money on a massage, spend the money on a, uh, a pedicure or, you know, whatever. Um, because like I said, it, uh, it provides that, that, uh, those intangibles that just make your life that much better. True. You know, fellas, Hey, more massage, more massage, less misogyny. Okay, <laughs> right, I'm just playing. Give me some of that pussy. Juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know the highest form of self care to me is man is manscaping, and you know why? Because it's for the ladies, man. It's not just for us, mm-hmm. right? If you if you're able to keep keep yourself up down there, mm-hmm. you know, shave it up, keep it nice, creamed up, you know, you know, mm-hmm. no no bumps on it down there. Mm-hmm. Women appreciate that stuff, man. Yeah. If you got a fresh beard and a fresh set of nuts, <laughs> women they dig that type of stuff, man. Yeah, you know, and you got your feet aren't all fucked up and dry and shit. They're all, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. That, that self care, man. Um, mm-hmm. In the future, I'm probably gonna do some. Uh, what do you call it? Do some serious work on my grill, man. Mm-hmm. You know, they gonna be in there with a goddamn chisel, give <laughs> it a fucking a mallet, fixing some shit. But, yeah, that's important too, especially yeah. the teeth. Like, uh, I think one thing that I realized, I only had this epiphany maybe this year, mm-hmm. and I was like, my parents did a terrible job at like <laughs> Yours. teaching me dental hygiene. Because <laughs> 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 yeah. like only recently have mm-hmm. I learned about like there was even I went to the dentist. Uh, a few months back and i literally only learned then how to properly uh floss right and for my whole life i was thinking i was doing it correctly or you know i was doing it after i ate and stuff like that and even understanding the reason you do floss like i was like oh you know you, if i ate some like a steak or something get it out a bunch of teeth you know yeah. stuff in my teeth but you know it's it's much more than that so yeah you know that's why i was like dang man like definitely those sort of things or, you know, just even going to the dentist uh, right. frequently, you know, um, getting your teeth cleaned every every few months and stuff like that. Yeah. All that stuff is important, man. Yeah, it's very important. It's all a form of self-care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and women women appreciate it, too, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that. uh the, like the whole massage thing too. Like I, I've been getting deep tissue massages, mm-hmm. 
And I get them every so often because obviously I'm a truck driver and sitting for extended amounts of time is not really good for you. Yeah. But the reason why my back and, and, and blood flow and everything is pretty good is based on the fact that I do exercise regularly and I do get those deep tissue massages. So a lot of men don't get any massages. They just walk around tense all the time. Mm-hmm. They walk around with pain and, you know, their joints are all fucked up. But if you were taking care of yourself, you would have less of that. Mm-hmm. So it's things you got to do, man. It's things you got to do. You know, I think if I think if you at your your highest peak of self care, you probably got you know nicer teeth. Um, you know, your your weight at a good a good place. Mm-hmm. You're in physically good health. You know, your nuts your nuts are always emptied out because you know you're having regular sex. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Getting head on the regular. Getting head on the regular. <laughs> you manscape, so that gives your your head your head game is went up a little more. <laughs> yeah, man. I think um definitely uh um your just skincare stuff. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I see a lot one. of these these women and stuff, they they um it's sort of trendy now, which gets annoying, but you know, yeah. women be putting the masks on at yeah. night. I'm gonna and, start wearing you know, those motherfuckers. You know, yeah, just doing the you know, the little facial scrubs and stuff like that. A lot of those people still have bad skin, but for whatever reason yeah. they're still on there. I'd be like, how are you doing facials and scrubs every night, but your skin is still all bumped up? Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's whatever that influence that influence or that is selling that product that you're buying is lying to you. Yeah, they're lying to you. Yeah. You, your face got you look like pepperoni pizzas on your face <laughs> you look like 13 years old yeah i fairly have pretty good i have pretty good skin i don't have any razor bumps on my neck or none of that shit yeah but i need to even my tone of my skin meaning mm-hmm. i should get those masks or something else because i have you know driving you know the sun hits you in certain places you get tans mm-hmm. so it's just like man it's discoloration yeah discolor little mm-hmm. discolorations yeah so yeah, I, I know this is completely random to hear two black guys talking about self care, but <laughs> I, I think that if you, um, just a guy in general, man, take care of yourself. You deserve it. Do it for yeah. you. Yeah, our women, our women listeners know what's up. Yeah, women listeners know what's up. They know what's up. Like I've seen situations where a dude takes his shoe off and his toenail is so fucking long, like toenails be long as fuck. You be like, bro, you got to cut your toenails, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a very basic thing. Mm-hmm. You looking like a goddamn werewolf on the feet, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got that shit off. Yeah, I've been wanting to get some olivera. Like, this olivera is like really good. It's good for a bunch of different reasons, but definitely for your skin. Yes, like shrinks your pores and stuff like that. So, yes, they have olivera drinks too. Yeah, I'm cool off that, but you know what I'm saying. I'll yeah. put it on my, <laughs> I'll put it on my skin. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess you guys get the gist of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Switching gears. Uh, I was listening to a uh, it was a Breakfast Club interview with Katie Couric, uh, who was on the Today Show back in the day, and she made a statement that really stood out to me. She said that people are looking for affirmation, not information. And basically, when people watch news outlets like Fox or MSNBC or whatever it is, or they're liberal or conservative, they're looking for things that affirm their beliefs. They're not looking for new information. So that's the biggest issue with people is the fact that they are they're not if if you told somebody something new that's conservative, they would like be call you a snowflake or they would say this or that and a third or somebody that's liberal. They would say that you're you're misogynistic or you're this or that. they'll label you. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. instead of actually trying to receive new information. And I think that these news outlets are pandering to that idea. And that's why we have such a problem. And that's why so many people live in an echo chamber of their own beliefs is because they're just looking to be affirmed. They're not looking to find out new shit. Yeah, that's real. I think um, I, you, we talk about it all the time, like um, just society in general, right? Like right. Um, most people live in the same neighborhoods their whole life. Yeah. So they're surrounded by a bunch of people that believe the same things that they do. And, you know, one of the benefits that, you know, we have and you have, you've, you know, you've been across the country in a truck and you sat down, talked to different people and ate at different restaurants and stuff like that. So that broadens your horizon as much as you would think like um, the Internet has globalized us. It hasn't really done much because you still communicate with the same people consistently. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like um, you have group chats on Instagram and, you know, you have the same. Uh, the same few friends that you share different uh, videos with on Instagram or, you know, you're following the same, you and all your friends actually follow all similar people. Um, and that's just how it goes. So I think that it's important to to get out in the world and talk to people. You Definitely. know what I mean? Like me and Eddie, we had that conversation a while back and it was about, um, it was sort of in a joking manner about how, like, which women do we like better, like liberal women or conservative women? And, you know, a lot of times or, you know, our points were leaning towards the conservative women. women but basically we were we were just trying to say that it's it's important to communicate with people and you don't have to always agree with right. the people that you're communicating with. You know what I mean? I ha- I know people that I speak to regularly that voted for Donald Trump and we don't have any problems or any issues with one another. Right. And there's people that you know, I talk to regularly and we just we don't necessarily like all the same things. And that's that's not important in in a relationship. The The most important thing is just to to be respectful and to be able to learn from one another, because, you know, there's people that I talk to and, you know, we may not agree on much, but if they can give me any sort of information um, about a certain thing and I can provide them with a little bit of information and a little bit of insight on my life, then, you know, I value that relationship. So true. Yeah. 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 That's true. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of, I don't know. You, you, you gotta be open-minded to new shit. I, I don't know how many times we have to say that. Um, there's been plenty of times where, you know, I've sat there and I've listened to Fox news and then I turned to MSNBC or whatever it is. And I could just see how biased both news outlets are and how much they pander to a certain uh, a certain demographic. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I've literally heard somebody say Fox News is the most real news you're going to get. And I'm like, man, you need to check your fucking brain because it's yeah. not. Yeah. And then you go to the other one and it's extremely liberal and it's like y'all doing the same thing. Yeah. Like you could bounce back and forth and it's completely two different messages. Mm-hmm. And it's pandering, like It'd somebody be the same story, but yeah, two different twist to it. A person as liberal could do some really fucked up shit, mm-hmm. and then you go to MSNBC, and it's almost like they're kind of like I'm not sweeping it under the rug, but they're not highlighting it, mm-hmm. you know. And then if you they'll do the same thing on Fox News when someone's conservative, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, man, this I can't believe this is the world that we live in. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I think what happens is, uh, you know, you learn a lot of these 
um, things later in life. But, you know, growing up, you 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 would consider yourself a, a Democrat just based off of your uh, right. economics and, you know, where you live and, you know, your neighbors and stuff like that. I'm black. I'm a Democrat, and then, right? Yeah, and then you grow up and you realize, like, yo, these liberals are doing a lot of twisted stuff themselves. And, yeah. You know, and a lot of it is, like, you know, meant for people to stay poor. And, you know, a lot of these, you know, policies and um, the the people running for office are, it's all, like, pandering. And it's just yeah. a bunch of nonsense that goes on on both sides. So, yeah. you know, that's what, you know, what, um, what happens when a lot of people tend to get older and they become uh, free thinkers and, they start thinking for themselves and you realize like, I just don't really care for either side. Nah, like, there know? was an ad popped up on my Facebook with Joe Biden saying something like, you know, the president is a liar and I'm here to take him down. And and like, I just think like, why am I seeing this? Yeah. Was I targeted? Mm-hmm. Like this, I don't want to see this on my fucking timeline. Yeah. I, I and No, look, I'm not trying to shit on a Joe Biden, but I don't want to see him on my timeline. Mm-hmm. It just seems really awkward, especially without Obama. He's just like he's he's, He's not the cool white dude anymore. No, he's not. Mm -hmm. He was he was cool because he was an awkward sidekick for eight years. Mm -hmm. But now that he by himself, like I can't take this guy serious. Mm -hmm. He just seemed like the dude you don't trust around your family. Like stay away from my family, man. (laughs) Yeah, he look a little bit like stay away from my sister, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got some creepy vibes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looked, he looked like the type. Biden looked like the type of nigga to just stand there and stare stare at somebody for like five minutes mm-hmm. and not take his eyes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nah, man, it's it's just one of those things. Yeah, but yeah, it's definitely important to step outside the box, man, and just communicate with people. A lot of a lot of uh, people that I be hearing talking, you could sense the nonsense. But it's important to be open-minded to different conversations and, you know, different people. And um, I I know people that really get turned off from people that they don't know talk to them. Right. Um, It's important to, you know, communicate with these people because on a surface level, um, it's just important to communicate with people with different ideas. But other than that, you never know what people are going through you know what i mean just the other day a, a group of my friends and i were in, in barnes and nobles in barnes and noble and um she just came up and, and sat with us and uh i don't know if she was waiting for time to pass or what she was actually waiting on but um she just talked to us and she turned out to be really cool she was a little bit awkward but um who knows you know what that did for her hmm. you know who knows what's going on in her home life and with their marriage and their family and stuff like that to where she like an older she, older woman or? yeah it was an older white lady she might have been she might have been in her 50s or something like that uh, yeah but you know she wasn't trying to drive uh, uh, get on the chocolate train or no nah she wasn't flirting with us it was it wasn't she didn't have that kind of energy yeah she didn't want no chocolate donut Nah, she did did have some black coffee though. (laughs) I wonder how many people listen to this podcast, and some like some parts of the podcast are hard for them to listen to. (laughs) It's like, oh god, why they have to say that? We don't say all the right things on this podcast, and that's that's we pride ourselves in that. Yeah, there's a bunch of liberal people just like, oh my god. I thought they were making a good point, and then they go in there and talk about black coffee and white women, and uh, <laughs> just can't deal with it. 
molecules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. This is not... The thing, too, is this is not a podcast you could group in. Like, you can't group it together. Like, if you... I think if you try to... From what I've seen, you can't take this podcast and say, oh, this is for liberals. Oh, this is for conservatives. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a podcast for the people, man. Mm-hmm. You're going to get some jokes, too. Mm-hmm. You might get you might get an occasional occasional uh, Asian joke or a occasional Latino joke mm-hmm. or black people or white people. Yeah, I was describing our tone, the podcast tone to this girl once, and mm-hmm. I was like, "It's like it's a little bit like free to where we can mm-hmm. you know say some educational stuff and drop yeah. some knowledge, but I'll, at the same time, like we'll make fun of anybody. Yeah, like we made fun of deaf people before, oh trans my god, people and gay people and. And everybody, but you know, I got love for all these communities. But Definitely. At the same time, like anybody can get it. They Mexican, can get these jokes. African. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody. I, I, mean, I got love for Asian people, but y'all need to learn how to drive. Cause. <laughs> 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 what you say? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's comedy. Nah, man. Yeah. Anything else on that, dude? No. All right, switching gears. Mm-hmm. Uh, people giving their opinion when it wasn't asked for. I This has happened many times to, I'm sure, yeah, all of us. Definitely. But they'll be like, uh, Eddie, I think that you should start a family. And I'll be like, who asked you, motherfucker? Yeah. Who asked you? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that's something I should do? Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, like you, you got to understand, maybe if I said, you know what, man, I'm thinking about starting a family. Then you could put your two cents in and say, yeah. hey. So where do you, you know, where do you see yourself in this many years? Have you invested in any property? You know, do you think about this and that? This could set your family up for a lot. Like if you could put your two cents in when I gave you something to work off of. Mm-hmm. But don't start making these personal suggestions or giving me opinions I didn't fucking ask for. Yeah. Now, if you do give me an opinion I didn't ask for and you frame it in a certain way, like, hey, I'm not sure if this fits you. I'm not sure if this is something that would work for you, but have you ever thought about this? Mm-hmm. If you frame it like that, then I don't, I can't get mad at you mm-hmm. because you stated like, look, I don't know your situation, but this is something that might be beneficial. Then I'm like, okay. But if you're like, Eddie, I think you should date Puerto Ricans. Then I'll be like, Hey, actually it's not a bad suggestion, but <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but and I didn't ask for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It happens a lot definitely in this this art slash entertainment world. Right. Like um I will will make a short film or write a script or something like that. Um like some once a few weeks back, um some somebody had seen that I was write writing uh my script on Instagram and they were like, Oh, uh, you know, I want to read it. And I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll send you uh, the latest version of it or whatever. And, you know, if if someone asked to read it, I'll just send it to them. Um, Not expecting. I don't expect um, notes from a person that's not in that realm. You know what I mean? If you're you're not a screenwriter, if you're not a writer, if you're uh, not in the, you know, movie making world, I don't expect you to um, or want you to give me any sort of feedback or notes like it's cool to say it's cool or you liked it or you know maybe you know you didn't like it or whatever like but i don't expect you to try to give me like these these pinpointed notes yeah um so that's what happened um i sent my script to this person 
And then they read it and they were like, hey, I don't know if you were expecting any feedback or notes, but, you know, here's what here's some of my thoughts. And they gave me most of it was like positive stuff. But there was some things that kind of annoyed me a little bit because, you know, their their note or their uh, concern about the script wasn't actually a real it was like basically my movie takes place in a certain time period and they thought that whatever was taking place during that time period wasn't um, sufficient for that time period. And I was like, just reading the notes, I was like, well, technically you're wrong because the movie takes place when I was a senior in high school. Like it takes place in 2010. And in 2010, I was actually doing this thing. Yeah. Quite frequently. So that's the sort of thing that happens or like, you know, I'll share a short film or, you know, there'll be, um, you know, someone that asks to see a short film or something like that. And I feel like because we're in a position to where we're not extremely famous yet or extremely uh, we don't have a lot of notoriety as far as like our um, our entertainment, our podcast, our short films or whatever. Right. Or stand up or whatever. People feel the need to try to help us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Want your help, motherfucker. Yeah. Like if I want. If I need like feedback on a joke or something, like I'll ask DJ or Chris. Or right. if I ha- need feedback on a script or something like that, I'll ask you know my friends that actually make movies because yeah. I know that their their notes will be um, that it'll be more it'll be more science to it. They're not Definitely. just talking to talk, or they're not just giving an opinion on something they like or dislike. So you know, when it comes to getting advice on anything that I do, um, I go to specific people. Right. If I need advice on some music, I'll send it to a specific person. It's right. not about, you know, you just being, uh, I guess like a fan from afar and yeah. wanting to, you know, hear or listen or see something. And then you offering advice on a thing that I didn't ask for. Like, right. You know, just keep your opinions to yourself. Yeah. Keep that. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that, that constructive criticism is not, uh, you know, it, it's beneficial, but I think it's constructive criticism is beneficial from someone who's in it. Yeah. If you're not in it. I don't really care too much what you have to say. If you have not sustained something like and this is no in no way to sound like, you know, oh, we're big time podcast people. But if you have not sustained sustained something for, you know, uh, 80, 81 episodes and most of those being well. It's always been consecutive, but of over 79 weeks, because we release multiple in a week, whatever. But <laughs> if you have not sustained something consistently for that long, then I, I'm, it's kind of hard for me to take suggestions from people who can't maintain, yeah. you know, that level of consistency. Yeah. There's only so much I'm willing to listen to. Because mm-hmm. you're, if you're, I can see if you were doing, I guess you could say better, or you have been successful in the podcast realm. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you may not have good information if you're not successful. All I'm saying is, is that at least do what I'm doing before you fucking try to tell me something. Yeah. Because chances are, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I I never, like, I know this girl, she has her own little uh, salon and stuff. And she right. does, you know, customized wigs and braids and all kind of stuff mm-hmm. like that. I never, ever thought to myself... Like, hey, maybe you should uh, braid the hair a little bit different, like this way. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah. The only advice I ever gave um, to her was something that she kind of like low key asked me, and it was about like how to make her profile more professional. Right. I was like, well, if you take pictures like this, you know right. what I mean. It'll it'll look a lot better. Um, 
But other than that, like I just don't be offering advice. I don't offer advice on to basketball players. I don't offer advice to you know like people with salons. I don't offer advice to I don't know what other realm we like a YouTuber or something like because I'm not in it. You know what I mean? Right. If I if if I'm in it and I feel like you you might be doing something, you know, uh, you could be doing something a little bit better. Like I remember, I don't think I'm the catalyst in in any kind of way, but. Mm-hmm. I remember um, Joe Maynard didn't have much music on Spotify. Yeah. And um, I told my brother initially, and I think I even, I probably could scroll through my Twitter messages and uh, pull up the time that I told him. I was like, hey, bro, you should put more of your music on Spotify Mm -hmm. so you can actually make money Mm because you have a lot of listens on SoundCloud. But yeah, Mm -hmm. but you don't have the stuff on Spotify. But I only offered that advice because like I'm in this world. You're actually on it. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, but other than that, I just don't be... There's going to be offering advice to random people like that. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I think if you do offer advice, it should be within the realm of something you're strong in. Yeah. So when you say, hey, you should take pictures, like you might want to think about promoting what you're doing and having a visual aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're strong at. Mm-hmm. So if you take pictures doing this and that, you're not trying to critique how they do braids, how they do wigs, how they do whatever the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Microblading. You're only talking about content. Yes. So yes. that's important. Mm-hmm. People need to understand, like, you can't just be like, hey, man, so you still doing that podcast thing, huh? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, first of all, I think that's a discredit to the podcast. <laughs> it ain't no thing. It ain't no thing. Yeah. Like, this is something this that's is been real. going on all along. Yeah. Just, just because you suck at everything, mm-hmm. don't turn around and say, oh, you doing that podcast thing, huh? Is that like a hobby of yours? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you'll see, motherfucker, in the next couple of years. <laughs> you'll see. Yeah. What's interesting, too, like, even with that situation with the girl that has a salon, mm-hmm. um, like, even when it comes to the jargon and stuff, I don't even try to to learn it because right. I don't want to be like that guy. Because even if she, she would say something like, oh, you should, you know, add this to the video or, you know, right. stuff like that. Like, I mean, it's cool to know it on a surface level, but, you know, if she starts spitting out the jargon, I don't even want to kind of associate myself with it because I don't want to feel like I'm trying to like learn a whole new world and then right. become like a critic in it and stuff yeah. like that. But even like, you know, we talked about it a while back about about um not giving people advice anymore. Um, you know, we had that topic and we were talking about like cuz people people tend to not even listen, right. especially uh when you're just offering uh advice in a certain instance or like you you would you would mention like certain instances where you would tell someone how to get their their CDLs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then you talk to them a week later, and they still haven't moved on that thing. And you're like, "Well, this is the reason why I don't give people advice anymore because niggas is not listening." Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. you, like you, for instance, been doing it successfully for a few years now, and you try to offer someone information, and they just don't listen. So yeah, it happens like, all the fucking time. Yeah, so that's part of it. Is like you know you shouldn't offer that information because. Most of the time, people aren't going to listen, anyways. Yeah, and I'm a busy guy. I got shit going on. So if I if I stick my if I stick my hand out to help you out, and you just simply don't listen, or you do things your own way, when when things start going downhill, don't fucking call me for anything. Mm-hmm. Like, period. There have been some people that I've told about, you know, getting their CDL if that's something they're interested in, and I will literally help them as much as I can. Like, I don't think people realize that. Like, when I offer. Um, it's not like I'm the gatekeeper to fucking getting a CDL, but mm-hmm. I know that things could be rough and I've been through it. 
So I rather tell people and show them things that will prevent them from making mistakes or doing certain things along the way Mm -hmm. so they can have a smoother transition into the class A licensed world, man. Mm -hmm. Because it's a different world. It's a dangerous job, too. Yeah. But yeah, I come across that bullshit a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I see it myself even in in my realm as far as like people, you know, you want to give them advice on how to be a better director. You want to give them advice on how to be a a screenwriter. And when it comes to uh, making films is um, is literature initially, right? Yeah. Because you have to write the script first. And I feel like in order to be good at literature, you have to do at least a little bit of reading, whether it's reading yeah. a script or something like that. And, you know, you try to teach people and you give them, you know, a book to read, you give them a script to read, and they you talk to them a few weeks later and they still haven't done it. You have to love it. Yeah, so it's like you, you don't know, love it. You, if you don't love it, leave me alone. Don't even talk to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because it, we're we're in it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like whether it's a podcast or whatever. Like we're like legit in it. Eighty-one weeks of podcast, like yeah. multiple short films. This nigga Eddie is an actor now. Like everything is going, <laughs> <laughs> everything is going on now. So it's like, don't come to me like half-hearted with this half-hearted uh, pass at trying to be try to do something that we're doing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, unless you're really in it, like, just, like, leave me be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's that on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, switching gears. Uh, Tyler Perry opened a studio. It's a huge one. Uh, but three hundred and it's 330 acres, and some of that land is being used uh, to house disadvantaged women and children. Mm-hmm. And I think that it speaks volumes of who you are when you have, when you basically do the selfless act. Mm-hmm. Like when you are successful in whatever it is and you you do things that don't promote self, it says a lot about you. Like what I, I'm not trying, definitely at all trying to compare myself to Tyler Perry, but my long-term objective is to do things for my city. Like, mm-hmm. I want to have a platform and only only reason why I would ever want to be rich is because I want to do things for people that wasn't done for me or people that I know. So if I had a platform that was big and I had a lot of money, I would use that money to find people in my city that were disadvantaged, yes. that, that had issues with their car. I would give people vouchers to get their cars fixed, their AC fixed during the summertime, yeah. uh, help pay their utility bills. I would want to create uh, a place that was better to live in. Like I would want to make Bakersfield a better place, literally. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of the things I want to do for my city. Mm-hmm. But you know, I also want to promote the fact that I'm just a guy from this city, um, and I, I just want to be a voice for where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I do the podcast every week because I'm just like y'all, man. The only difference is I'm black and um, I'm extremely sexually attractive. Um, <laughs> it's wild, bro. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I'm fucking around. Yeah, nah, it's uh, it's super inspiring, man. I think just knowing Tyler Perry's story, knowing you know he was homeless and he basically used his relationship with uh, the women in his life and the relationship with his family to create a bunch of these. These characters. different, you know, ca- yeah, characters and stories and, you know, just seeing the journey. Um, I think Tyler Perry's in his 50s now. Yeah. And he started 
you know, just doing a play and the play wasn't successful at all. Like, you know, he's hard work, dedication only to realize that no one actually showed up to a show. Crazy. And then he just kept, kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. Then the show started picking up. Then, you know, I was in, it was probably what, 2000, um, probably like 2006, 2005, somewhere in there. Right around there. When I started started hearing about, you know, the little bootleg tapes. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, my aunts was the ones that seen it first and they showed it to me and I'm like, yo, this is hilarious. Like, you know, all these plays and they had little singing moments in it and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is dope. And then a few years later, the movies start coming out and then, you know, more and more movies, you know, the Medea movies. And then he started branching off and doing, uh, Films that had nothing to do with that, do with Medea, and he's starring in them. And then he's, you know, he's creating movies where he's not even associated with them at all, outside of writing and directing it. And um, then um, you hear about different deals with Sony he got for his, you know, Tyler Perry Studios. And then you see, like, you know, he built, you know, different small little lots to um, to create his films on. Um, I, I don't know if he started in the like in the back of his 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 house or anything like that um I might be might be giving out false information but eventually um he bought the the air force base and then he you know and today only you know a few days ago he had the old grand opening yeah of the studio and like Eddie said 330 acres a bunch of different studios and what he did which was cool um he named the studios after uh, I guess people that inspired him I think That's Spike dope. Lee got a studio named after him or a stage, sound stage named after him, Denzel Washington, um, and a bunch of other people. So it's just amazing, like, seeing someone from the start of their career all the way until now, and you realize, like, what Nipsey Hussle said is not just a cliche. Like, yeah. it's really a marathon. Yeah, definitely you is. You know what I mean? So that's, you know... Part of it, like early on in this podcast, you know, me and Eddie would have certain conversations and I knew I would never like never stress over numbers or however many people listening, because I knew if we just stay consistent, that people would eventually find us. And um, as some of you listen right now, there will be 10,000 listens. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's been a journey for us. And that's insane. Yeah. Just seeing. um like I remember we had 12 listens and you know five listens yeah. and three listens you yes. look at the numbers you'd be like dang this is not a lot of people but it's no. crazy that people are even listening um and you know 10,000 listens later and we're still going so we know yeah. um just seeing his journey um super insp- like even outside of entertainment just knowing that if a person consistently makes music I mean not music but consistently makes films or consistently puts out plays or whatever um, and invests his money in the right spaces and has his mind on straight and has a goal in mind um, that is attainable, you know, yeah. and it's going to take some years. It's going to take some hard work and dedication and, you know, forming the right relationships. That's one thing that I thought was really dope. Like if you've seen the images of the opening of the studio, just the network that he has. Yeah. It was like, Every black actor in yeah. freaking America was there, from the smallest actors to Denzel's, Oprah, Beyonce, yeah. Jay Z, Tyrese, um, Bow Wow was Colin there, Kaepernick was there, the Clintons were there, yeah, like just all kind of people. And it's like 
Bill is up there looking at some black ass. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of black booty in here tonight. I want to have sexual relations with all these black women. <laughs> I, I was looking at Oprah the other day. <laughs> I want to um, give Oprah the big O. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah. crazy. He might say some wild shit because he's yeah. getting, he getting older. If he yeah. starts getting that, uh, uh, what do you call that? What old people get? Uh, dementia. Mm-hmm. He gonna be really wilding out. <laughs> like I love all this black pussy up in here today. <laughs> Girl, you look good. Once you back that ass <laughs> up. <laughs> oh man, go yeah, ahead, man. man. Sorry, but yeah, man, it's just dope. Like if uh, you know people out there that don't under uh, don't really understand his story or haven't heard about you know his journey. Uh, to the grand opening of his 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 humongous studio, I, I believe it's the biggest one in America, um, and probably one of the bigger ones in the world. Um, I just um, challenge you to just go do a little bit of research, skim through his Wikipedia page, and uh, and just see um, what he's done and what he's accomplished, and see how you can apply it to your life because it's really an amazing story. And it in in for me and Eddie, where we're, we're you know, we're content creators right? and we always, you know, shoot around ideas and to see someone um, that has done that on that scale and it's a black man, um, it's, it's, it's truly amazing and inspiring and uh, just know that me and Eddie will be accomplishing comparable things, you know, and it may take, an, it, it may happen when we're 50 years old. And you can listen back to this episode and be like, yo, Keith and Eddie said that they were going to be yeah. doing this. You know what I mean? So, Crazy, yeah. yeah. I, I just think that um, it, even when you can't see it, you have to believe in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that you will be at 10,000 listeners like that have listened to the podcast. But I'm looking into the future when there's over 10,000 listens in one day. Yeah. But that's not going to happen if I just all of a sudden just said, man, Keith, I don't think we could do this. Uh, or Keith's like, oh, man, I got to do other projects. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. it. It's it's a collaborative and it takes two people to to do. And even if you're doing a podcast on your own, you have to realize like that's really hard to carry a podcast by yourself. I'm lucky I have Keith to bounce off of. Mm-hmm. But even if you're doing it on your own, you, you have to do it for those six listeners. If you only get six listens, five listens, 12 listens, do it for them. You you should anybody who takes time to listen to your shit, do it for them. Go harder for them yeah. because then they're going to look back and be like, "Man, like this guy, this guy was really didn't really have nobody fucking with this shit and he kept coming out here every week." Mm-hmm. And then they're going to tell a friend and then that friend's going to tell a friend and then that friend's going to tell a coworker and then yeah. all that whole job's going to be listening to your podcast. Yeah. It's such a it's such an amazing feeling when you are having a conversation with someone and they bring up, you know, a lot of times it's it's the podcast. You know, I love what y'all doing with y'all podcast. Man. Yeah. I listen all the time now. Right. I, I've been listening all the time. But this past three weeks, like I've been listening to it. Yeah. And then coupled with, yo, I love that little short film y'all put out, man. That right. Thing powerful. So it's just, it's just a, such a good feeling to hear people really appreciating what you're doing. And we know we haven't reached uh, like a national 
status yet. But at the same time, those small wins, we always talk about, you know, just definitely, you know, appreciating those small, those small victories. And and let's be clear, like if any of you guys see me out anywhere and you're like, hey, Eddie, what's going on? Whatever. I don't want to beat you to death with the podcast. I'm lucky that you even chime in and care to listen. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I more or less. I'm just, you know, like, how are you doing? Yes. Like, you know, I get to see the, I get to see the face of a person that actually tunes in to our content. Yeah. That means, that means a lot to me. And I, and I truly appreciate that. Um, that's just off the record. So yeah. Yeah. Any of you guys see me out and it's unsolicited. I'm not going to ask you, Hey, did you like the last podcast we made? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, doing that. I, it has to be organic. It's organic. If you approach me and say, "Hey, I like what you're doing," I say, "Thank you." Yeah, I appreciate that. If it's not yeah. unsolicited, then I don't. I'm not trying to, mm-hmm. you know, be, be beating the wall down to get some response out of you. Yeah, and we've we've put out enough now, and we've, uh, you know, enough people listen now to where it's not going to be the case where we're necessarily looking for the feedback, you know what I mean? Right. But if, if it does come your way, because, you know, we think about different podcasts that me and Eddie listen to consistently and we're not in the comments of the, the podcast on YouTube or, nope. you know, we're not um, chiming in on the SoundCloud links or anything, but we do communicate about it, you know, between, uh, between us. Yes. And, you know, that's also important too. So, you know, like if you like something, let your friend know about it, you know? Right. So. That's what the share button was made for. A hundred percent. All right. Switching gears. Um, we'll jump over that one. Um, reparenting. Um, tell us a little bit about you. You brought it up just recently. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Taya. She's the one that um, introduced this idea to me. So basically it's um, reparenting is this idea of, uh, I'll give you an example first. So basically, like, imagine if you're you're a kid and and you grew up and you know you're raised by your parents, and one of the things that your parents lack was um, compassion or um, any sort of like physical uh, affection. You know what I mean? Whether it's a hug or you know a kiss on the cheek or whatever. So you grow up your whole life without having any sort of like um, physical affection shown to you. And, um, so you grow up and you realize like, that's not normal. You know what I mean? Like the parents should show some type of physical affection. You know, they even say that I believe that if a parent doesn't touch the the kid physically when they're in their early infancy stages, that the kid might die. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I just heard that. Yeah. I just heard that like, um, around the way, but, um, but so, So um, going into that, but you you, so you grow up and you, you know, you're that that type of thing becomes normalized. So the reparenting comes from like your inner self. It can also be um, it can also be it can also be it can also happen through a therapist. I just had like a freaking uh, I don't know brain fart right there. It can also uh, it can also be uh, somebody pour some water (laughs) pour some water in your batteries. Turn into a robot for like three seconds. Um, Mm, uh, Want some pussy? (laughs) I want some pussy. (laughs) 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 Malfunction. I can also want some pussy. I can also want some. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about having like unedited 
footage in unedited podcast is like you get to hear all the brain farts that happen to you know us and we're trying to sound smart and trying to sound educated <laughs> about certain things and, and you start repeating stuff over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, like I went to the store and then I went to the store and then <laughs> I went to the store and then you're like, what the fuck is wrong with Eddie? Somebody press the restart button on that nigga, man. Somebody blow the cartridge on this man. <laughs> uh but yeah, so you, you go through your whole life not having any sort of compassion or physical affection shown to you. And then finally, when you grow up and you realize that that's not a normal thing, you realize that parents are supposed to hug them kids, hug, hug their kids. Parents are supposed to show, you know, physical affection towards their kids. Um, so when you're older, you're able to what they call reparent yourself. Right. right. So you're, you're able to relearn um, those things or reteach yourself those things that wasn't taught to you as a child. You know, so the reparenting comes in like, you know, like maybe my parents didn't hug me, but I'm going to have, you know, different positive affirmations that I tell to myself every morning. Like, hey, you know, you you, you may look into the mirror every morning and be like, I love you. Or you may give yourself like, you know, your own hug or, right. you know, something like that. Um, or wear, you know, different shirts that have love on it and stuff like that. Um, so that's where the reparenting comes in. It, there's also a portion of it where. That's like a like the self reparenting, but there's also you know reparenting you could do through a therapist, and then the therapist essentially acts as your parent, and you kind of fall back into your childhood, and you know you do these little exercises to where, um, like I said, the the, the therapist plays your parent, and she kind of uh, makes up for those different shortcomings. Right. So. It's a different. Um, it's a. It's an interesting process. Um, it's sort of a, a, a new age thing that uh, that is you know becoming more and more popular. But I think it's important. And uh, <clears throat> men, Eddie, um, I guess after this, we'll start running through you know different examples of what we've experienced and what we've tried to uh, reteach ourselves as adults. And I think the the first one that comes to mind and is one that we're gonna kind of dive into a little bit later also um if we have enough time is the like whooping your children yeah that's one um and it's it's a thing that you know when you when you first kind of become an adult and you you mature a little bit um especially in the black community we look at whoopings totally different than than white people like for instance uh you know you'd be in a store and a white parent would be yelling at her son or trying to get her son to calm down and a black family walks by like, man, somebody need to whoop that kid ass. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, that's just like, that's just so ingratiated in our head that, you know, whenever a child acts out of line, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Like that kid needs a whooping or something like that. And um, a lot of millennials now are veering away from, from whoopings because we know that whoopings given to us by a lot of our parents was was mostly out of anger and yeah. also out of a lack of communication um, because our parent didn't know how to communicate with us or tell us that, you know, what we were doing was bad there. They just start whooping people. And then they're also whooping us because they got a whoopings for similar reasons. So they're just transferring a bunch of anger and lack of communication in, in the form of of a whooping. And it could be for the, you know, sometimes the stupidest reasons. Like I remember I got a whooping 
my my dad was calling me and it, I don't know exactly what he was calling me for, but my dad was extremely lazy. So like he would call me for like, you know, things like handing him the remote or like, oh, my him. God, I and, had that shit. Oh, my God. So yeah. Annoying. And one day I was like, no, like I'm not going in there and I'm going to act like I don't hear him. So, like, he was calling me, like, three, four times, and I was still sitting in my room watching TV. And then eventually my older brother came in there, and he was like, hey, like, Pop's calling you. Like, I was like, I know. And then I was I just sat there, and my dad got so mad, and I got a whooping that day. But, like, <laughs> stuff like that, you know what I mean, is, like, stuff that, you you know, sometimes in the black black community we would get whoopings over. But now I realize, like, like communicating is so much more effective than right. just whooping the kid. As if he would have told me, if he would have told me like, yo, like I really needed you. Like maybe like, um, you know, it was an instance where I like literally needed your help. Not that I was just too lazy to get the remote. Then I would have been like, okay, sorry. Like next time I'll, I'll help right. you out. But if you just in there like, man, get your lazy ass up and <laughs> got the remote. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, that, that story, I have an identical thing Mm -hmm. i think it's because parents are used to dictating and they're used to like i don't know like i'm the parent so i can get him to make me a glass of water and yeah i took care of him so they like no you're out you're no this this is not fucking valet parking (laughs) like i'm your kid but i'm not your fucking floor mat yeah there was a time i was chilling um i was chilling i was think i was in a room doing something i think i was getting ready for school i was getting ready to go to sleep and my dad was like eddie Eddie! And I'm like, fuck, what's going on? And he was like, can you give me the remote right there? And he kind of had like the smirk, like he's about to laugh. And I, I, threw the, I threw the remote to him, but I threw it on the ground right by him and I walked <laughs> off and I was mad. He's like, hey, hey, hey. I just went to the room. And then he didn't fuck with me because he knew he was being an asshole. Yeah. Like, why are you asking me for a remote that you could have got up and got your fucking self? Yeah. Like, that's... And, you know, like, look, I'm not saying you shouldn't fuck with your kids sometimes, but when things like that happen a few times, like, you know, hey, give me a cup of water. And it's like, your fucking legs work. Yeah. You get up and get yourself some yeah. fucking water, man. Yeah. That's, That's so annoying. annoying I wouldn't do that to my kids, man. Yeah. Because I'm the type of dude that will get up and do it. Like, yeah. I, I just, but I just, some people, they, they like you mentioned, they kind of redistribute that type of shit to their kids and now you just got another generation that's mad at you because you think that's how you should parent yeah like i don't look into it that deeply i Mm -hmm. i know enough to where i i know that there are certain behaviors that are toxic to Mm -hmm. raising children and Mm -hmm. things that are beneficial there are plenty of beneficial things that i've learned from my father but there's other shit that i'm like no that ain't happening no more yeah yeah and we're not you know um as, as far as a whooping, it's it's kind of a thing, like a last resort thing. Right. Because a lot, like we were saying, a lot of the whoopings that, that at least I receive, I don't think were necessarily justified looking back on it. I remember I got a whooping for forging my mom's signature. I got an ass whooping for that shit. Yeah. And, and, and it's something that in my mind I knew was wrong because it was like, you know, um, I should have just gave her the paper and been honest. But it was a situation where I got in trouble and I was going to get a whooping anyways. So um, I think, but I didn't really learn the lesson. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I didn't realize, like, I don't think I ever learned until maybe years later that 
forging a signature is illegal and you can Very. you know you can end up in prison or something like that mm-hmm. like if the whooping was coupled with that explanation i probably would have been like yeah i probably shouldn't have done that but um so i got a whooping for getting in trouble and also like forging a signature I got my ass whooped for uh, forging a signature, my dad's, and I deserved that. I didn't really get very many whoopings. I really didn't. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that my dad had retrained in himself. As a kid, he got a lot of whoopings, and a lot of times they were unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So when he was raising us, he hardly whooped us. But when he was super angry and mad, like that, that got our reaction. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We didn't have to get our asses whooped very much. And I will say, like, like I mentioned, when I did get whoopings, I deserved them because I was fucking up big time, forging, mm-hmm. forging, uh, you know, letters or report cards or doing mm-hmm. shit like that. I had to be held accountable for it. Mm-hmm. But I, what I think my dad did an amazing job of is not holding whooping, like whooping me for everything. Because at, at some point, you're just going to be whooping kids for being a fucking kid. Yeah. You know, like my pops told me that he got a whooping one time for spilling juice on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I got a whooping for that. I'm like, how? He's like, because I spilled juice. Yeah. I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's like, that's like literally like abuse, man. That's not fucking cool. Mm-hmm. So. I yeah. Know. I'm. <laughs> I was talking to one of my friends the other day. It was like a group of us, and um, never mind. I won't tell that story. But I told it to Eddie the other day. I don't even remember what you're talking about, man. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll tell you off air. Oh, that- <laughs> but, but yeah, it, 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 and you realize like that um you know we i think black people always had this idea like um whoop your kids or you know they'll turn out bad or whatever and you realize that um there's good kids that got whoopings and then there's bad kids that got whoopings yeah so it's not i know people that have been to jail and prison and they got whooped all the time um i we <laughs> i remember one one time uh my brother's my older brother Desmond's brother had got a whooping for his mom told him and thinking back on a lot of these whoopings or these situations, you'd be realizing like, yo, this is this is not this is stupid. Like, yeah. why would you whoop a kid for that? But um he wasn't listening. He, you know, his mom his mom literally told him, like, hey, do not cross the street. Like if your ball rolls across the street, do not go get the ball you know what i mean we're we're probably like four years old or something like that okay. um so she's like yo do not cross the street at all you know i'm basically telling him that you know there's cars and stuff running back and forth i do not want you crossing the street so he's dribbling the ball and somehow it rode across the street and what did he do he ran across the street and grabbed the ball and then he came back and i don't know if his mom had looked out the window or however she found out but she invited him inside the house and then he got a whooping what but that kid today is um he's a terrible person like he's in and out of jail like (laughs) so it didn't work um which you know which is unfortunate but it's a lot of different things i think one of the the things that i've also learned uh with the whole reparenting process is um some of the stuff we talked about earlier as far as like the self-care and um just as far as like the the food we consume you know, I think growing up, you kind of eat any and everything. A lot of, uh, you know, oven, you know, food you could just throw in the oven for 20 minutes and you have a meal for your family. Uh, you know, those TV dinners and stuff you can throw in a microwave yeah. real quick. But, you know, at least now I've I made a, a lot more like a conscious effort to try to eat a little bit better than, than growing up. Because I'd be 
thinking about some of the stuff um, that we used to eat um, and kind of still do to this day sparingly, but it's a lot of stuff that will definitely kill you if you if you eating too much of yeah, it. Yeah, you get like fucking these, high blood pressure, man. Yeah, all these canned foods and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, this is like this is terrible for you, and you feel terrible. Like you know your body well enough to this day to know like, yo, this is not. This is not good to be consuming on a regular oh. basis. Yeah, you eat something and you're like, "Yo, I'm about to shit on myself." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit yeah. eating this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I just think it, it it comes down to uh, sometimes some of the shit your parents teach you, you gotta unlearn it. Mm-hmm. You gotta unlearn it, man. Some of you guys are still unlearning it now. Some of you guys have fears that were created by your parents. Mm-hmm. And you know that you're gonna have to break, but at the end of the day, um, you it's in a way you have to reparent yourself, yeah, and you have to reparent yourself before you actually become a parent, yeah. Because what's gonna happen is if you have kids, you're gonna assume that this is the right behavior to, to pass down to your children, when in actuality, you need to get your mind and your mental health on point first, yeah, because you're sure. gonna have your kids all fucked up just like you was fucked up. Yeah. And that's not good. Yeah. I remember sometimes, um, like, not so much with me, but I remember sometimes my, my dad would tell my sister, like, hey, it's okay. You don't have to go to school today if you don't feel like going to school. And um, in my mind, I'm like, yo, that's the that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, my sister should be in school as much as possible because it's an extremely competitive world. And if you're not doing, you know, obviously there's, you know, all these instances where people are like, oh, you don't need school. You can, you know, drop out of school and start a business and be an entrepreneur and be a YouTuber or whatever. But like, that's a small uh, portion of society. There's a lot of people in society that want to be in fields that are extremely competitive. Right. And in my sister's case, she wants to be a nurse. So the fact, or just this idea of her skipping school, like she's already falling behind in a field that's extremely competitive. Yeah, so oh it's my like, goodness. You know, like definitely, you have to hold education and at you know as the utmost importance because you know, like I said before, it's extremely competitive and it and a lot you know outside of these like business you know business degrees and stuff like that. Other than that, it's it's it's, it's, it's all of a it's all a competition. You know, so yeah, that shit is tough, man. She's mm-hmm. she's in there early though, so that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's been in there over about a year now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit ain't easy, man. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's all I've got. You got anything else, Keith? Nope. I think that's that's pretty much it, man. All right. Well, shit. Episode eighty one. Episode eighty one, man. You guys made it to the end. Mm-hmm. For all of you guys taking those long drives and going to L.A. or commu- mm-hmm. you know commuting for whatever you're going, yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, make sure you definitely hit our inbox and let us know what you think MP stands for. Yeah, let us know. Um, we're we're curious uh, if you can figure it out, mm-hmm. and if you can figure it out, then you might have one. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. thank you for listening to episode 71 of a trucker's mind podcast. No, 81, huh? 81. What did I say? 71. No, I didn't. You did say something. I did. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you made it to the end of the podcast, thank you. 
You've been listening to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Bings. We're out of here. Peace.